Hi, everybody. I'm Ryan. I'm Sue. Now, Bob isn't here because he's eating Chinese food, and Jen isn't here because she's having a baby. <laughs> so we just watched. This is very exciting. Now, you almost won the baby pool, Sue, because you thought she would actually give birth on the podcast. Well, I, I you did still predict have that. an hour or 10 minutes. It, it could still happen. No, so you have two hours and ten minutes. If this okay. goes through, you're going to be rich. <laughs> so we just wanted to let everybody know that we have a new podcast that has been released. It is called Point of View Weekly. We Originally, we were going to call it POV Weekly, but we didn't think we'd remember that, so we called it Point of View Weekly, which I can't remember. And can't. it's the latest thing in Pufwa. You never thought you would hear that expression, but I just used it. It's the latest thing in Pufwa. We are a morning show type podcast, which is kind of embarrassing because we record it at 8 o'clock in the evening. But it is a live show. It's, we stream it on the Point of View Weekly website. It's Pufwa. It's live. You know, The audience interacts with us, and we talk about whatever happens to be on our minds, and we fry eggs. Sue? <laughs> we do fry eggs. It's so much fun. It's so much fun to get together and to talk with you guys, and it's like classic Potterfic Weekly. It is, because we miss Potterfic Weekly. We missed it. We missed getting together every week, and and we do embarrassing things, and and Jen tried to fry an egg on her car. I mean, you can't beat that. No, you can't. And this week, we're trying to make butterbeer. Yeah. Trying. I made butter. I, I made butter beer. Well, Danielle made butter beer. She's about to glare at me. Okay, the look. I said she's about to glare at me. And just as I said that, her face came out from around the corner with a sad glare. You haven't thought you could see a sad glare, but you can because it looks like that. Aw, poor D. So we're going to get back to the 150th episode of the Powerfic Weekly. We just wanted to let you all know if you want to listen to our podcast, it's at point weekly.com it is available on itunes uh point of view weekly uh we'll come right up for you uh we're going to be about two hour podcast every week so we're going to be nice and regular it's like you put soap in your water and um you didn't think i'd go there did you yeah i didn't think you would i should know better by now you need to tell them what time what time? It's going to be every Thursday night at 8 o'clock. I say that because we're probably going to change it. Right. So check pointofviewweek.com and we'll put up our, our release times and you can come listen to us live and it's a lot of fun and we to see you there. On the other hand, happy 150th episode, Powerfic Weekly, although if you factor in Pufflo Exchange and all the special editions, it's more like 250, but congratulations anyway. It's, it's a fantastic accomplishment. I'm very proud. Yeah, me too. It's very exciting. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. All right. So with that, we're going to let you get back to uh, this episode of the Powerfic Weekly. Good night. Uh, well, stick around. Don't leave yet because Powerfic oh. Weekly is on next. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Nathaniel giving you a shout out on uh, Poofo Podcast 150th episode. And this is the clever thing I'm saying for this. It's clever, isn't it? Thanks. Take care, guys. Hey, Puffwa. Happy 150th. This is Loswin from Gryffindor House. And I love you guys. I've missed you. Puffwa is so awesome. And I've been instructed not to pull a Ryan and monologue and go on and on about how awesome you guys are. But you are. And I love you. And thanks for always being there. You were there when my mom was sick and after she passed away. And that really, really meant a lot to me. And I just, I love you guys. I can't believe it's been, you know, six years and five years since I've been with the forums. And uh, it's unbelievable. (laughs) Thanks for putting up with me through all my angsty teenage years. 
And I love you all. Happy 150th, Poofla. Bye. Hey guys, this is Lassie Lupin. I'm also known as Cat to 95% of you. I just want to say I can't believe that we've made it to 150. It seems like just yesterday we were making it to 100. And congratulations to Pofo for making it this far. Most podcasts don't make it this long or have this many episodes or talk for this many hours on podcasts. Anyway, as the editor for the next few podcasts, I'd like to just say that I hope you enjoy and I hope you don't think that we're too crazy for covering a 111 chapter fic. I sure am going crazy editing the episodes. So here's to Pofoa and here's to 150 more episodes. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Phil. Yes, that Phil. Much like MacArthur in the Philippines, Arrested Development on Netflix, and the McRib Sandwich at McDonald's, I am back! Well, back for the introduction of this episode. Anyways, I would like to welcome everyone to the 150th episode of Potterfic Weekly. Amazing! 150 episodes in, and we're still going strong. Some of us old-timers have been around for a very long time. Episode 13, y'all. But I just wanted to take a few moments here and welcome everyone to this episode and send out a special thanks to all of the hosts for the past, I don't know how many years, and a very special thanks to Ryan for getting this whole thing started. I I think that when the spark that was Ryan was ignited and turned into the Olympic torch that was Potterfic Weekly, I don't even think he predicted what was going to happen, but it's been an amazing ride, an amazing run, and I hope it goes on for ever and ever and ever. Thanks, everybody, and enjoy the 150th episode of Potter Fake Weekly. Hey, everybody. If you enjoyed Be Careful or any of Anne's other fics, why not try out her first original novel, A Widow in Waiting? It's an exciting historical fantasy filled with mystery, romance, and just plain fun. You can find it at Amazon, Smashwords, or pretty much all the major ebook retailers under the name Anne B. Walsh. That's A Widow in Waiting by Anne B. Walsh. Check it out. You won't want to miss it. She loves fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great, great, um, great best friend there, huh? <laughs> yeah. I've told one girl who would probably actually like it, or at least is intrigued by the idea of fan fiction, but she has no internet, so, yeah. That makes things harder. Well, I said something at uh, work today. We have three new people at work. And of the three new people, all of them are Harry Potter fans. Yay! And so I said something about going home to podcast tonight because, you know, I'm famous now. And the one girl said, what are you talking about? So I told her the story. And the other girl went, you do a Harry Potter podcast? I love Harry Potter. I was like, great. I'll set you up. No worries. So apparently it's like the week for Harry Potter stories because I was in class today and this week I'm wearing my I Believe in Nargles hoodie from the Whomping Willows. And we were talking about like things that we believe in 
and how those are different from like what other people believe in. And, you know, the professor apparently knew what a Nargo was, which like really impressed me. He was like, yeah, so Kat has a, t- has a hoodie on today that says, I believe in Nargles, and I didn't realize it till midway through the class, but who believes in Nargles? And the entire class was dead silent, like you could hear a pin drop. Nobody huh? raised their hand. Like, they were all like, you could see that they were thinking, like, what's a Nargle? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and the professor was like, was like, oh, come on, who's read Harry Potter, you have to admit? And like, maybe half the class raised their hands <laughs> and he was like yeah nargles are what luna love could believe in and they're like oh i'm like i am now the biggest geek in this room uh-huh. and i'm okay with that works. i'm not yeah. even gonna get into the fact that i i'm on a podcast and i help we're on the website and all that crazy like it's no like yeah sometimes it's uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy so Anne wanted me to mention, and I should probably save it to the, for the actual podcast, but, but if I say it now, then at least we'll remember that mm-hmm. she has quit her job and is writing full-time to be a real author. Yay! We need to put the yays in here because like, that's a big-time celebration. She's been wanting to do that for a really long time, I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She finally she decided somewhere she near me, put doesn't enough she? time in to be worth it. I think she might. She lives yeah. in Pittsburgh? Yeah, she lives in Pittsburgh somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's relatively close to Kennywood, but I don't know how. I know oh, okay. I know exactly that. where she is. Yeah, yeah, I know where exactly that is. If you're yeah. in Pittsburgh, you know where Kennywood is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's like right next to it or anything, but um, the one time there was a meetup that I didn't get to go to, it, that's where it was. So. Oh, then that's yeah. like the awesomest meetup in the world. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves Kennywood. Kennywood. I've never been. So it's definitely on my, my list of places to go. Mm-hmm. I was going to do something. Mm-hmm. Oh, found it. Ah, good. Is it Trisha and OG and all my friends that are in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll have to come visit us sometimes. Yeah. That'd be fun. I wanted to on the way to New York, but I don't think that'll, that's really realistic. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a conception of where Pennsylvania is from here. I should look that up. <laughs> so you're over Montana? Yeah, pretty much. So it We're goes, underneath, it goes uh, Montana, North and South Dakota, Minnesota, mm-hmm. and Wisconsin. Then there's the Great Lakes, so Illinois, Ohio. And then if you take a step up, Pennsylvania's right there. Yeah, it's... Yeah, but right across directly from south of Toronto, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Toronto and uh, Niagara Falls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you go one way from Toronto, you get to New York. If you go another way, you get to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now yeah. that we have geography of the author laid out, <laughs> I'm going to be interested to see if I turn it into a Dalek this time because I'm on a brand new computer. I was going to ask if you had it up and running because you said something about booting up the old one, so I wasn't sure. Well, should we start so we're not here until midnight? Yeah, I'm, I I should warn you, I did a massive workout, and now I'm like, I'm almost dead. Okay. <laughs> I saw that. You're all yeah. Whoops. And you, thinking you're fat? Give me a break. Oh, Sue, that picture, I just 
Okay, I know I have a dream. I want to be tall and willowy, but you know what? I'm 35 years old. It is not going to happen. No. And you look pretty daggone good. You look better oh, than you I should, do. You should see this picture of me. Oh, my God. You know what? I'll just send you the link. It was just, it's just horrible. I find that very difficult to believe. I'm, I'm betting I, she's going to look better than I do. Well, I know she's going to look better than I do. So, there we go. No. <laughs> but I have fangirls, so it's okay. I'm kind of glad that I'm I'm no longer a wizard rocker because the fangirls were like creepy. Mm. It was like I I love doing it, but it's just like I'm not a big deal. Like I play acoustic, it's I'm not a big deal. Stop fangirling me. Still pretty good talent though. I can't play anything. I wish I could play something. I started to play the piano, and then my teacher quit on me to join the FBI. Now, which one are you talking about? That's my bib number. No, but which which picture? Because there are like 50 of I them. don't like any of them. <laughs> Trisha, you look amazing in these. <laughs> well, it won't let me. It doesn't like this bib number. It keeps telling me you're not here. Um, are you in the Great Race 10K? No, it's in the bib number. No, you okay. have to select the race. A different event. I see. I'm in the wrong yeah. place. Stingy's in the way. All right, great, great race. Is that like grape ape? Grape ape. Over forty feet high. Grape ape. Just a little bit shy. Like your great. body looks amazing, Trisha. Thank you. Better than mine. Eight, three, mm-hmm. seven, seven, three, three. I think you've I got a weird go expression in the very first one, but. Everyone does that in the middle of action photos. Oh, you look great, Trisha. I knew you would. <laughs> I just, uh, <laughs> I just want myself picture. to stretch out like three inches. <laughs> Honey, that's not going to happen. I know. That's what platform boots are for. Or really high stilettos. There you go. Yeah, but those yeah, are I'm not insane. Running six, I'm not <laughs> running six miles in stilettos. Yeah. yeah, this is. I was pissed at the people because all of a sudden they stopped. They stopped and started walking across the thing. I'm like, no, you must run across the damn thing. <laughs> you look amazing. Thank you. For 35, hey. I am. I, I have no. <laughs> what I'm, what I'm I am 22 and I look like crap. How <laughs> <laughs> much of this am I gonna have to cut? <laughs> You look like you're having fun. And I can't run anymore. I I can sprint, but I've never done it in any measurable fashion, so who knows. I'm built to be a sprinter, not a long-distance runner, as my my lovely boyfriend likes to point out to me. You're a sprinter, not a long-distance runner. I look at him, I'm like, yeah, um, tell me when there's some kind of event that's not the freaking Olympics and stuff like that, that I can compete at while sprinting. (laughs) Hmm. Like, there isn't any. So I'm doing long distance now. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I just give you kudos for what you did because I know you, or I've known you since before you started running, and you got that in your mind that that's what you were going to do, and you did it, and it's amazing. I can't Thanks. run three feet without mm-hmm. dying, and I just think it's amazing. And you Thanks. like it, which just blows my mind. <laughs> yep. For sure, what so you, weird. Yep. For sure, what you do, my body would hate me afterwards. 
Oh, believe me, you should hear what my body does to me. They <laughs> don't like me either. Because <laughs> what the hell? It says you're 35 years old, you should be doing this kind of shit. <laughs> I guess that's what the adrenaline's for. Yeah, well, all I, I, can- I can see the title now. We think Trisha's hot. <laughs> Rachel was there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Uh, I'm going to just pull that sound bite. Oh, shit. <laughs> Thank you for making this podcast explicit. <laughs> I always do. Yay! When I make it explicit, I feel like I'm a potty mouth. When somebody else starts it, I feel like I'm okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, there was a time, Sue, when I was on the kind of phone call with you, and I swore, and you were like, oh, you just brought it to a whole other level. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> I feel fabulous about myself. Oh, it's fine. We all swear. You should have heard me yelling at the tractor today. Did it break again? No, we had all this stuff loaded. We've been pulling weeds like mad women. Yeah. I think I had seven chicken food bags, so 50-pound bags full of weeds to put in the tractor. And then Mom said, I think we ought to pull the zucchini plant out, too. Which, the other day we got a zucchini plant. It literally, or a zucchini off the plant, it was literally two and a half feet long and eight inches around. Damn. It was huge. What is this? A zucchini. I miss. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was afraid it was going to be a slug or something. Because <laughs> then I would be reporting that I was dead from being eaten by a slug. Um, well, you just pour a lot of salt on it. As it eats you. It's a leather fold. Banana slug. A banana slug. A banana slug. All right. I got into the flesh eating cabbages. <sighs> there you go. Indeed. So. Back to Harry Potter! For Friday, August 24th, this is episode 150. Welcome to the place where their story never ends. Hey, Ronnie, the next time you're... Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, we'll let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome! My resolutions for this Potterfic Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic Whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Yeah. Okay, what did I miss? Am I, I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, <laughs> I'm Jen, and I don't know my outfit. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> <laughs> but I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Butterfic Weekly, where the story never ends. 
Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Trisha. And I'm Kat. And Kelly will be joining us when she gets home, although there is some Super Bowl game on, and so we will be hearing lots of screaming and rooting and stomping and whatever. Unless, of course... So basically, just an ordinary podcast. Yeah. It's the battle for the wild card, guys. This it's, is... It's very serious, according to Kelly. It's it's very serious for the cards. Yes. So, there we go. Okay. Um, today, we are starting Be Careful by Anne Walsh, who is the author of the Dangerverse series. And this is based loosely... It's kind of like an AU of the Dangerverse. Some of the characters are the same, but the storyline isn't really the same. Mm-hmm. And it's crossed over with the canon in... I guess it'd be book seven. Yep. I think it's a really interesting way of going about things. Although I will acknowledge it's a little bit confusing to start off with. Cause mm. <laughs> <clears throat> it's, it's... Someone else has things to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> you think in about the first chapter that it's going to be kind of this nice fluffy thing and everything is fixed and Draco has a great life now. And then it flips back again, and yeah, there's a lot more complex than it looks. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed <laughs> As that you could probably see, given back. that there's, you know, a hundred and some chapters to this. <clears throat> yeah, it's a huge monster of a story. It's 111 chapters and 829 pages. But I will yeah. say that they're fairly short chapters, or at least at the beginning they are. They're not bad. Mm-mm, um, no. They're not as long as Battle of the Wheels chapters, let me put it that way. There you go. <laughs> if I could actually get iTunes to respond to me, I would tell you how long they are. Oh, here we go. I will say... Um, yeah, they for... run about 20 minutes. 15 yeah. to 20 minutes. Which is about the same as canon chapters. Yeah. I will say for our listeners out there who do not like Draco Malfoy, because this is a Draco Malfoy-centered fi- fan fiction... That I hate Draco Malfoy, and I really don't like, I tend to stay away from fan fictions that are centered around him. And I decided to, you know, give this a try because, you know, I know Anne to some extent, and I've been reading her stuff for years, and I like Draco Black, so I figured, you know, since this was kind of an AU of an AU, I might as well try it. And she does not change the character at all from what it is in canon, and I found myself liking him. Okay. There's there's more depth to him in this than there is in canon, which I really appreciated. She takes a couple of moments that we see in canon and sticks a crowbar in and really leans on it. And yeah. a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> falls out, basically. Well, let's just start it, because yeah. we have Draco huddled on the floor of his bedroom, uh, halfway between the bed and the toilet, trying to get his breathing under control. And what he's thinking of is... He killed her, and the snake ate her. First she was alive and awake and crying, and then she was dead, and she fell. And then he told the snake dinner, and it climbed up on the table, and and he's, you know, gagging and stuff. And this is when... This is set directly after the first chapter of Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Muggle Studies teacher has just been eaten, and he's freaking out. You know, and this I is in his freaking... house. Yeah. Like... Not only are weird stuff happening, this yeah, it's invaded his space, and he can't just shut everything out. 
It's, I mean, it's not just invaded the space. It just invaded his um, safety. Because when you think of your your home and everything like that, you want to think it's safe. It's just like when you become burglarized, you're just kind of like, okay, I don't even feel safe in my own home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how much worse is this? He He's not been, well, he's sort of been burglarized. And he has the Dark Lord and all of his minions in his home. Yeah, mm-hmm. hell, he has Bella in that. In the home. <laughs> <laughs> Really? And they're being worse to him than the twins ever have been or anything that Harry and his friends have managed to do. They just, uh, he'll be wandering around the house uh, perfectly normally and they'll ambush him in the corridors and jinx him and laugh. (laughs) Because the Malfoy family has fallen so far out of favor that he's just basically fair game. Mm -hmm. And it's made him realize that the Death Eaters are basically about the strong take from the weak and they do whatever they want. And he's been fine with that for years because he's assumed I'm a Malfoy. I'm a, one of the strong ones. We can do what we like and we'll be fine. And this has sort of slapped him in the face with the fact that he can't rely on that anymore. And he's not strong. He's realized. Mm-hmm. The only strength he's ever had has always been relying on other people and they aren't very reliable people. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, so, shit. He's uh, basically... And, yeah, he, he makes a wish, which mm-hmm. comes back into play later in the story. But he just... He wants to get away. He wants to disappear. He wants all of this not to have happened. And he says, I wish I could be somewhere where people don't know me and I can just start fresh. And he also wishes that um, he hopes he doesn't have any dreams, which does not come true, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> it works out for him anyway. Yeah, and he falls asleep, and the next thing he knows, someone is screaming in his ear, and he shoots bolt upright because he's thinking that he's in his bed, and there's a 11-year-old 11-year-old, yeah. who looks like Hermione. Screaming in her nice long nightgown. And he's never seen her before. And what the heck is she doing in my bed? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then there's all these people who are pounding into the room because mm-hmm. of the screaming little girl. And turns out to be someone who looks even more like Hermione and some boy. Mm-hmm. And they want to know, how is he in their house? And he's like, excuse me, how are you in my house? Yeah. And uh, they, yeah, things are confused. We find out that it's Fidelis. How do you say it? Fidelis? Fidelius, uh, no, I say. Fidelius? There's no extra syllable. It's Fidelis Manor. Fidelis Manor? Okay. Yeah, because it's Is not it like, the, like the, the charm. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Okay. okay. It's almost like the charm, except they've dropped an I. So that's why okay. it's, a, it's shorter. And it's the Beauvoir family seat has been for 40 generations. Mm-hmm. And she's never heard of these people at all. And... They've Why is there a girl who looks like Hermione Granger in this house at all? And and they've never heard of him. And the boy says, or no, it's it's the girl. He's still not sure this must be Granger. And she says, you're not one of ours unless we had a cousin who married a Vila or something. And <laughs> he gets all indignant. Don't you dare say I'm uh, mixed blood with some creature i'm a pure blood and as pure blood as any wizard and they all just start laughing yeah. hysterically <laughs> he doesn't know what i just felt bad i felt bad the little girl's like you said a silly word <laughs> <laughs> oh like, that's so indignant 
Okay, you're obviously lost. We have no idea how you got here, but uh, how about you get out of the little girl's bed? We'll find you somewhere else. <laughs> and he's like, but she's in my bed. This is my house, my room. And then he looks around and he's like, uh, wait a minute, it's not. This does not look like my room. My room does not have a mural of dancing animals in it. (laughs) (laughs) Or would it ever? Mm -hmm. With Lucius around, no. And he's, you know, glaring at the girl he thinks is Granger and says, how can you not know me? We've been together in school for six years. And she says, Granger, that's odd. That's my mother's maiden name. And then he's thinking, Mm -hmm. am I in the future? And he just, he doesn't quite know what to do. And, and they're still giggling, and he's like, okay, if you think my name is so funny, what's yours? And the boy is apparently Reynard Beauvoir, which is really not that much less funny than Draco Malfoy, but yeah. oh well, it works. Draco Malfoy! Sorry. <laughs> I've been wanting to do that for a while. Draco Malfoy. Did somebody and, say uh, Draco Malfoy? Did someone say Draco Malfoy? Yeah. <laughs> And the girl's name is Hermione, which kind of puts paid to his idea that it's the future, and yet she doesn't know the name Granger either. And he says, okay, uh, do either of you know a kid named Potter? You know, he's uh, about our age, got these glasses, black hair, scar about here. And uh, they say, yeah. no, we've never met Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> never yeah. heard of him. No, he's never. just because he's our closest neighbor. No, we don't know him at all. And then Draco goes, how do you know his first name? <laughs> oh, wait. It's called sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we find and... out that the Blacks also live nearby. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ooh, Blacks. I might know them. <laughs> and they've mentioned earlier that if they can't figure out what's going on, uh, they might have to talk to Lord Albus, who apparently is Albus Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. That was their first point of reference. Which probably scared Draco. Mm-hmm. To no end. I, I found it interesting. Uh, Anne did a very good job of carefully making sure that the Draco in Be Careful from Canon knows exactly what the Draco in Canon would know. Mm-hmm. So there's no thought to Sirius. There's no, like, it doesn't even occur to him. Right. Yeah. He doesn't show up for another half a chapter. No, but, well, I, I thought it was very interesting that for the first thing that he thought when the blacks were mentioned were his family, not the family that was because well, he's away. been the the inheritor of the black name pretty much. Yep. And they find it interesting that Draco mentions a scar because Harry Potter doesn't have a scar, but he had been hurt in that spot that Draco mentioned many years ago. It just never scarred. Right. So there's there's some weird things going on. Yeah, it's very different. And then the little girl, then, her name is Abby, goes into the bathroom or something to clean up. And then she's like, hey, mother and father are coming home. And they're like, well, how do you know that? And she's like, she said her lion. <laughs> They'll be here soon. And we're going to have a party. And so they're all excited. And Granger's happy because somebody must be coming with them. Mm-hmm. He's in love. Yeah. <laughs> the brother says, "Hush. Wait till they're both here. Then tease." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, got to have your priorities straight. And so they get dressed for breakfast because apparently it's morning and they figure, okay, well, you might as well come with us because obviously you're here and we don't know what to do about you. We'll deal with you later. And he still doesn't really know what to do about this, but he's like, okay, either people have gone to a lot of trouble to make something up that makes no sense or it's really happening. And if that's the case, I have no idea where I am. And he thinks back about having wished for somewhere to start fresh. And this is where the title of the story and of the chapter comes from. He says, I should probably be more careful what I wish for. And I love this. And I'm going to mention it now that the titles, or at least the ones up to what I've read, all have something to do with be careful. They all finish that sentence, yeah. every single one of them. That's what I figured. So it's that's interesting, too. I mean, it's fun just to see what the chapter titles are, mm-hmm. because you just wonder what's going to come next to go with Be Careful. Mm-hmm. And the next one is Be Careful Who You Look At, because after they go through all their breakfast and the giant arrival of a whole bunch of people all on magic carpets, which is another difference, apparently is- in this universe magic carpets haven't been outlawed in britain which is yeah that was very interesting yeah mm-hmm. i'm like huh okay <laughs> i'm skipping on a fair bit but most of this chapter is introducing the giant swarm of people so yes yeah we can skip if we want um i can't get it to open so i'm gonna have to wait a minute <laughs> yes. and the the twins because apparently Reynard and Hermione are twins, are annoying each other as they're waiting for everyone to arrive. And he says, okay, guess what today is? Today's throw your sister off the roof day. And pushes her off the roof. I love and that. Draco is <laughs> shocked. Yeah, I, was just, I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. I had forgotten what happened here, so I was wondering if there were cushioning charms on the ground just there, or they had a, a circus net kind of effect going on. But actually what's happened is a certain Weasley has arrived on his broom, and so he's <laughs> caught Hermione. That's still pretty gutsy to do. I, when it first happened, because I have read, I don't know, the first maybe 35 chapters of this a long time ago, while it was still a work in progress, and I remembered them arriving on the magic carpet so i thought oh she must have just been pushed off and the magic carpet was just like right there over the edge and she only fell like a foot or something but trusting ron to catch her on the broom that's pretty good i don't know i think if he i know that's what what draco was saying it made me laugh i think in this universe because he is he grew up with all these friends i don't think he had the confidence issues that he did in canon and i think that's you know trusting ron with he ron regardless of the universe Well, Ron, regardless of the universe, has tremendous Quidditch skill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was tremendous. You know, he he catches quaffles all day long. So I don't think it was a tremendous stretch to be like, oh, well, he's going to, you know, catch his his fiance. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit bigger than if it was somebody else, but he doesn't mind having her that close. So, yeah. Yeah. It's also, also, I mean, I mean, she's bigger than a quaffle. That's true. Easier as far as the catching part goes. It's the holding on that's a little more awkward. Yeah, she might be a little heavier than a quaffle, but... <laughs> Are you calling her my knee fat? Yeah, oh, no. no. But I've had a quaffle. They're not that big. And I just, yeah, it would be a little more awkward. I, I have a feeling. Yes. 
I'm still not got it open. I tried to skip to chapter yes. three and it won't open that either. So huh. something's. What are you reading on. it on? Fanficauthor.net. Oh, that's what I'm using too. So, so Harry comes and and says, uh, "You're going to if you're going to go throw a perfectly good sisters off roof, so I'm going to uh, get one while the getting is good." Yeah, <laughs> so, so she he grabs Abby. Abby. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like this little exchange. Uh, Raynard yells off and says, the point of throwing one's sister off the roof is to have her actually hit the ground. And Ron makes a gesture, and Abby's like, what does that mean? As mother, <laughs> would you get home? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was cute. And apparently they're, the Weasleys and the Beauvoirs are competing about how many kids they're going to have. Right. Was it mm. the Beauvoirs or the Potters? Oh, you're right. It's the Potters and the Beauvoirs. No, it says um, the Potter. I thought it was the Potters and the Weasleys. Because so, the, he, so apparently Lily and James have had a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. And the he's Beauvoirs, for, you know, isn't your mom ever going to have kids? And this is Raynard Beauvoir who's saying this. And then Harry says, uh, "You should talk. This will be six for your family." So, oh, okay, yeah, they are okay. also having. I guess there are three families with lots of kids. Yes. Not so much with the blacks, but they've got a few too. <laughs> no, yeah. So yes, gigantic Ron very people had to say hello, and uh, also because Ron has been chased off to work out his hormones, apparently. <laughs> and, I thought that was cute. <laughs> then the, the various giant carpets full of family are also coming to land on the roof, and the first one we see is a face that Draco had seen briefly in the newspaper but not insane so this is the first he notices serious and Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a little girl who runs to abby's side there's a fourth and first first year boys and their mother and then that's the black family and the next family to come in is the love good long bottom blended family which is kind of an interesting thing too Right. which I've seen, where Luna's dad and Alice Longbottom have gotten remarried to each other. As far as we've gone in these chapters, I don't think we've found out what happened to Frank. But There are a lot of what? things that Anne Walsh left open, I think. I don't remember if this is one of them, but there are a lot of things in the beginning chapters that we never found out why. There was, there was I mean, I just found that to be weird, only because because I'm so sued so used to everybody just making Luna and Neville together. I'm like, oh, because they're not no. getting together. Okay, okay, but you've got to understand the rash of Luna Neville like fanfic really took place after the second part of the seventh movie came out. Yeah. This came out a year ago where mm. it was there kind have, of... There had definitely been Neville Luna fanfic before. There have. It's just it wasn't as common. I think I've read it before before that. Yeah, no, it, it existed. I'm not, like, denying, like, everything exists yeah. in fan fiction. But there was a huge rash of it after the eighth movie came out because that's what happens. Is that everyone wanna, wants to write about the little moments that were never really filled in. Expanded on, yeah. Expanded on. So I, I think it's less weird for me having read this a year ago. Then I think for people who are probably reading this as they listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that occurred to me too. It was an interesting difference that it's uh, it's kind of heading that off at the pass with this one. Oh, and uh, 
Draco has some snarky comments because Reynard is apparently Luna's girlfriend, Luna's boyfriend, and um, <laughs> something like that. Something like that. And I was reading his comment. So it, he says, who in their right mind would want a bug-eyed Ravenclaw for a girlfriend? And then he says, of course, this is the bloke who shoved his own sister off the roof and trusted Rod Weasley to catch her. I think we can rule out his being in his right mind. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. But the next carpet comes in, and this is the, I guess, the Beauvoir carpet, because he's starting to realize that these aren't necessarily Grangers. There's the woman who looks a lot like an older version of Granger. And he's really been worried by a few things that have come up. I guess we skipped over a little too much is he was trying to think through this whole 40 generations thing earlier. And he said, okay, if I just pretend a generation is 25 years, cause that's easy. That would mean it's a thousand years back. And the only family he knows of that has been traced a thousand years is the Slytherins Mm -hmm. because of Voldemort. So he's kind of worried that Mr. Beauvoir is going to turn out to be this world's version of Voldemort. And then he turns around and it's actually Remus Lupin, which also throws him for a loop, but at least he's not quite so afraid of him. (laughs) Right. At least it's not Voldy. It's not Remus Lupin, though. No, it's Remus Beauvoir. Yep. Yeah. And apparently they actually are the descended off of the Slytherin line in this universe. But various things have happened such that sort of modes of thought and physical people we recognize have occurred anyway, even if they aren't from the same lines as in the canon world. Yes. Because it turns out that the Beauvoir family is basically a cross between the Slytherin line and the line that would have become the Malfoys, but didn't in this world. There was only one Malfoy in this world, and he was a wacky cousin several generations back. Mm-hmm. But the part that really brings home the title of this chapter, Be Careful Who You Look At, is at the very end, because the rest of the people step off the carpet, and he sees Bellatrix and his mother. Mm-hmm. And he says that, and... They are shocked, and he is shocked enough to faint. Yeah. And that's the end of the chapter. Yep. It turns out, in fact, they are Andrea Tonks and Cecilia Black. And this chapter's called, Be Careful What You Admit To. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got in. Yeah, I had to switch. I'm over on fanfiction.net, so Trisha, if you need a link, let me know. No, I just finally finally just let me uh, get into it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it told me that the site was down, so I just... Switch. It's okay now. Yeah, I've been having no problem, but it's probably because it's in my cache from just having been reading it mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, the PDF. Just for those of you who are listening and might not know what we're going on about, uh, you can read this story on fanficauthors.net or also fanfiction.net. I and think it has been previously available on Anne's own fanfiction website, but the that server's still down. down. The server is. Uh, it's just kind. Of, it's, I think that's what I'm looking on. Is, is Anne? No, it can't be Anne because the server's down. Oh. There's mm-hmm. a separate site that Anne has for all her. It's not just Harry Potter fan fiction. She has original stuff too, and the server has been down for that for a while because the per the the server administrator went to college. Mm-hmm. Tricky she thing, is college. Not the same 
city, possibly even the same state as the server, and he's clear. He is it. clear across the country. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been there. There's not much we not much we can do about it. But yeah, fortunately, um, most of her stuff is up other places as well. I think I linked fanfic authors in the schedule just because. Okay, that's can, the one I have. You can download like the ebook version or the PDF. I don't think the PDF's working right now. I actually should message her about that. The like the ebook version, like all these, just download the entire story instead of having to go chapter by chapter by chapter. Right. Oh. And these are often a slightly updated version from the fanfiction.net one. Uh, in this case, I'm not sure if there's any difference, but sometimes there is. Okay. Well, yeah. Thanks. You guys can Anyhow. stop me if I get too crazy. Into okay. chapter three, we're beginning to realize who some of these people are. Mm-hmm. And they do have – the Black family particularly is has some pretty close analogs because Andrea Black went and married Ted Tonks also. Right. And there was an Isabella Black who – was called Bella and uh, went nuts. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's Cecilia Black, who everybody calls Sissy, which is pretty close to Narcissa. Narcissa. And this is why Draco was completely shocked to see his mother in his dream. And (laughs) And, uh, we find out that I'm going to call her Andy is a healer. And so she takes him because he's fainted dead away and goes in to see what's been going on and she asks about him and Hermione says he says his name is Draco and he's a little bit rude but I think it's because he's afraid (laughs) which you know you can't blame him he went to sleep in one place and he woke up in another and things are a little bit strange yeah they're seriously freakish (laughs) I love the exchange between Sirius and James Potter who's still alive yay uh, Sirius is complaining to his wife that she's no fun, and and James points out that you know he's been saying that for twenty five years, and it's still true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And the reason he said that is, Sissy asks to borrow black daughters who are sort of the unofficial healer apprentices, and Mrs. Black says, "I assume that wasn't a serious question, and and don't you dare to her husband, because yeah." <laughs> Serious would make that overused pun and has yeah. made well, that pun most... 50,000 times in every single fanfic that he's in. Of course I, I, kind of, I kind of like that about Anne, is that she'll make the joke without making the joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did she... the, where they were in class, and how did that work? They get Snape to say, I'm serious, Black, and him go, no, I'm serious, Black. <laughs> was, that, was that an Anne one? I can't remember. I uh, it's a great play on words because I think that was the the PDF one shoebox product. Could be. I haven't read far enough in that one to know. Can you guys hear the uh, chainsaw? Maybe that's going on outside my house at the moment. No. No. Not no. anything like that. Okay. Well, hopefully it's, it's not, not showing up. <laughs> like, where <laughs> is that coming from? Nobody here is chainsawing, so I don't know. But. If someone was chainsawing here, I'd probably kill him right now. Yeah. I'm trying. People are trying to sleep. If someone was chainsawing here, I'd probably need to leave the building. Probably. <laughs> Especially if they're you wearing a mask. Me too. Yeah. Well, I'm eight floors up. If I can hear it like, loudly, then it's inside the building, and that's bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. We're way off course. 
So she takes him into the guest room to the second floor, and mm-hmm. she apparently Andy is a general healer, the usual sort of healer, and uh, Ceci is a mind healer. Mm-hmm. So they both kind of go to work on him a little bit. Yeah, and this is where we meet Susie and Megan, the and black daughters. The black daughters. And Andy kind of, it's strange because she can feel something from him. She's not really sure what it is. And then she realizes that they share blood. And Mm -hmm. she's like, but where and how? They're somehow related. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's this weird knot in his magic on his left forearm. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Um, Look it up. It's not just a tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And he's starting to wake up, and he's kind of, like, drifting, and he can hear these voices, and he doesn't quite know who it is or what's going on, and he kind of opens his eyes, and the little girl's standing in front of him. Hello. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling better? He says, like yeah, sort of. <laughs> and that's that's his major problem as to what kind of tipped him over to the, over the edge into passing out, is that he hasn't eaten anything since lunch yesterday. Right. Because he was thinking so hard while they were sitting at the breakfast table that all he did was sip his tea. And then somebody was saying, are you done? And he's like, oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He kind of wa- runs off and doesn't mm-hmm. eat the toast. And so they introduce themselves and he's a little calmed down by, you know, there's these similarities, but they're not the people that I know. But he's still pretty shocked when the woman behind him comes out and she looks exactly like his mother. Right. And, uh, yeah. So and she shoes off the rest of them. She says, okay, he's, he's awake. He's been physically healed as much as necessary right now. We need to talk. You guys go have fun. Right. And, and they talk. She kind of, you know, what's going on? And he doesn't really want to say. He doesn't know what to say. Yeah. She says, okay, um, talk about yourself. People generally love that. Tries to joke. Scott, say that again. Eventually, Scott, say people generally like that again because you totally got lost there. Okay, I thought it was just me. No. I thought it was just me. (laughs) It was like it totally strung out and then there was like fireworks sounds in the background. It was very odd. (laughs) That's fun. Yes. It was getting kind of dark. Well, she says, okay. You can start by talking about yourself. People generally like to do that. And he kind of makes a joke for a little bit, but it doesn't work very well. And he still doesn't really know what to say. And she says, okay, start with your name and your birthday and your family, and we can go from there. And then Anne doesn't make us watch him recite everything that we already know, which is good. Right. Thank goodness. She loses all at that point. <laughs> uh... We and they talk a little bit more about just what's been going on because she reveals to him that she is a kind of mind healer and she's been able to, she hasn't read his mind, but she knows what he's been feeling recently. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he explains that a little bit more. Yeah. And says that part of the reason he fainted was because he hadn't eaten and that he was just feeling weak and he says, that's not the only reason. And she says, no. And he says, well, it's stupid. And she says, well, I won't laugh. And he said, you look like my mother. And your sister looks like one of my aunts. And a lot of people look like people I knew at home and even have the same names. But, and she says, it's not your home. 
you fell asleep in your own bed and you awoke in a strange one and nothing makes sense. And she asks him if he wants to go home. And he says, of course I want to go home. Why, you know, why wouldn't I? And then she asks if she can help him, help him decide and, and everything. And of course, he's 17, so he doesn't need any help. He's an adult and he can take care of himself. But that's not necessarily true. Hmm. Sometimes he, he just seems so... I know he's supposed to be of age and 17, but sometimes I just... He, he acts like a 10-year-old. But that's just, that's Draco, though. Yeah. So, I just want to smack him up, up against the head. Right. Trust me, I, I often feel the same way about Draco. One fic I once uh, read put it as, he has only child... Uh, spoiled only child syndrome, and he just needs somebody to, like, be able to counter that. Right. Okay, hang on a minute. Scott, can you hear us? Scott. Is that you typing or is that Scott typing? It's Scott typing because he can't hear us. Okay, I was going to say, I can hear Scott typing. Okay, I'm going to hang up. Oh, wait, hold on. Scott, can you hear us? Okay. There's Scott, there's Scott, there's Scott, there's Scott. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. Oh, the things that happen on a podcast. <laughs> we haven't had this in a long time. I was going to say, I feel very nostalgic. I know. I feel like Peoncast. It is Peoncast. Trisha's humming, still yawning humming. and yawning. I'm what? yawning, yawning. I'm humming. You're humming. Uh, Am I nope. still humming? There's Scott. Still silent. Oh, Let me see if maybe everything is. We can is... hear you. Okay, yeah. Everything just got. Really turned down for some reason. I'm not getting any sound from my computer either. Okay. Ooh. There we go. Now Yay! Hey! Sue, am I still humming? No. Okay, good. Winner, winner! Cards just won. Kelly's doing a happy dance. Ouch! Yay! Okay. Yay! I, I must have, I don't know, leaned on the turning down button or some other weird thing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the White Sox coach just got fired this morning, so we might actually have a decent season next year. Well, that's okay. Heather and I drink Pirates since we were going, nee, 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 did to Kelly a while ago. And yeah, they didn't even make 500. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we've come, the Sox have come really super close every single year, and every every single year, it's just, I mean, it hasn't happened. And so, they're, uh, Hanging the coach's job in front of him now because he's paid to win. Yep. P.S. is having a great time too, apparently. There will be people that come who are going to go see the game, come to church, go to church and pray that the dealers win. <laughs> I I love that slogan. Except it has to be bears, not Steelers. It's no offense, but the, the bears are better. Don't start this. <laughs> Do not start this. I'm putting my foot down. Go back to chapter three. We've been recording okay. for an hour and we've got to chapter three. This is going to take us all night. All right. All right. <clears throat> all, all right. right. So okay. we have Isabella, who's been called Bella. And Andy says that she can find out a lot about Draco just by touching him and that she's a mind healer, which Scott touched on a little bit ago. It's Sissy who's a mind healer, and he's a regular healer. Yeah. Oh, and Bella's okay. dead. I'm looking at this. And... 
I feel like I feel like should I put <laughs> What's this? What is that sound? Is Bonnie this Bonnie? is whistling in her sleep. <laughs> don't ask me how. I don't know, but she's over I... there snoring and whistling. It's funny. my dog used to do that. <sighs> so anyhow, she says that he could be her son if she wanted to. Yes. If she wanted mm-hmm. to. If he wanted to. And that's the end of the chapter. And he's admitted both to her and to himself that he's not sure if he wants to go home. Yep. And he cried and she told him that he was feeling pain and fear and hopelessness and longing. And he's, I think this is kind of the turning point when Draco's finally realizing that, you know, the life that he always thought that he wanted from, you know, his experiences at Hogwarts, he doesn't want really. Right. And so we go to chapter four, which is be careful where you count to. And this is, it starts with his response to this offer. And he's got, he's still got the two sides of himself, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of them is telling him, oh no, this, this is a trap. She's just going to use you and throw you away when she gets tired of you, or she'll, she'll never really want to know you at all. And you're just the needy, pitiful, disgusting. But there's another part of him that's, realizing that she's sincere and that this could be good for him. Yeah, it could be really good for him. You know, he's always wanted. This is the part where Draco kind of broke my heart a little bit, just because, you know, you read this this first voice, this angry voice, um, and at first glance, it's, you know, it seems like a very Slytherin thing to think, and it's not. It's It's the conscious of an abused kid. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a hurt little boy saying, I can't wish for this because if I do and it gets taken away from me, then that's... It's going to hurt me more than worse. Yeah. Yeah. It makes mm-hmm. it worse. And it says, Draco makes the same choice that he's always chosen. He chooses the side of strength as he perceives it. Mm-hmm. Except that now his perception has changed. Mm-hmm. The vociferous, angry voice is not the strong one. It's the calm, quiet voice that's showing strength. Right. And, and she kind of crawls into the bed. They're laying there side by side and she's been comforting him and he wants to fall asleep, but he doesn't. And he finally does fall asleep. And then we course, suddenly shift points of view and location. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Now we're back to and reality. Just not, mm-hmm. not location, just reality. That's true, yes. Because Narcissa has gone to check on him, and he's not in his room. Mm-hmm. And so she's worried, but she doesn't want to call out the guard or anything, because that could get out of hand. So she's looking through the upper floors on her own, because she figures, well, maybe he wanted to be alone for a while, who wouldn't after that horrible stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. And she finds him curled up in a completely different room. And it's dusty and, like, unused and... Right. Tear tracks staining his face, and he looks really young. 11 instead of 17. Poor Draco. Yeah. And then she thinks, well, he's a man now. He's just gonna have to suck it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she wakes him up, and yeah. She's he... in uh, survival mode, too, herself. She mm-hmm. is, yeah. She's trying to get him to survive them, I and, like, it's, it's, it's awful to say. I mean, I even... I've done it, too, with my nine-year-old i'm like okay you just gotta suck it up 
you gotta you gotta you have to grow up a little bit faster than you're supposed to mm-hmm. kind of uh-huh. thing because if you can't if you can make them a little bit tougher they can they'll survive right yeah and draco is waking up slowly which he hasn't had a chance to do for a really long time because he finally feels safe and then he wakes up all the way and he realizes he's back where he left mm-hmm. except it's in a different room and so and he's, he's now convinced that this has all been a dream. He's just slap walked all this way to this other room, kind of acting out this dream that he was having. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he's, yeah, she says, you've been sleepwalking. Come down to breakfast. And he says, okay, I'll be there in a minute. And he thanks her and everything. And then he starts Tears his spell about apart. It. Yeah. <laughs> And the voice is back, the internal voice that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he realizes he said, that he could things, have been happy. Things are too perfect. I if I should have realized if I was happy, it must be a dream. Mm-hmm. But, How sad is it to have that life? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But he figures at least I have memories of being happy in this room, so maybe I'll move my stuff here. Right. Which and- I don't. I don't blame him. Yeah, mm-hmm. not at all. Yep. He's trying to distance himself, so he starts thinking about the other things that he learned while he was in this dream, and he wonders if the blacks in this reality are also descended from Ravenclaw the way they were in his dream, and um, various things like that. And mm-hmm. he wants to know if that world would have hairs of Slytherin or um, without a Voldemort, if there's an heir of Slytherin or not, and, he doesn't really know if any of them noticed the mark or not, and he's imagining trying to play it off as a teenage tattoo. <laughs> and he gets interrupted by his father, who wants to know what all's going on upstairs. And he takes something Lucius says and works out a plausible Malfoy reason for him to be moving. He fears, you know, this is the room I've been in since I was a baby, and I don't feel like a baby anymore, so I need a new room. And Lucius probably thinks he's moving to a bigger and better room when he's actually moving to a smaller room. But um, but Lucius doesn't know can hurt him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the one thing I thought it was kind of neat, he was just, uh, um, one thing that he was thinking, he's like, wow, he goes, I really don't have that much stuff because stuff theaters and everything like that has been taking over everything and probably taking his stuff and taking everything right? that he doesn't have. He, he just doesn't have it. And the one thing that was kind of neat that how to make it a possible reality is that he's like, oh, I have seven because I have seven um, robes. And he's count- and he's hanging up his robes and stuff after he's done cleaning it and everything. And he's like, there's seven here, but I'm wearing, wearing one. Yeah, I'm wearing robes. And so that kind of shows, it kind of shows that, hey, there is two different realities. And he's. And he's kind of acknowledging he's going from one place to another. Well, mm-hmm. I, I mean, and this is a good, like, the first third of the entire fan fiction is Draco debating on. What's real is and what real? is it? Is it not? Am I dreaming? Am I going somewhere else? What the heck is going on? Yeah. So I think this shows the audience there are two realities, but Draco is still mistrusting of everything. That he's not convinced. He won't be convinced for a very long time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Draco, he's not a very stable guy. Not yet. <laughs> but he's beginning to hope, at least, that there's something more to this than just a dream. Mm-hmm. It's more than meets the eye. Because then he goes through the day... He's moved his stuff, he's cleaned his room, take that, Granger, he's cleaned everything with four spells, and uh, (laughs) he manages to make it through the day and gets back to sleep after some time. It takes him a while, but then he wakes up again, and there he is, he's almost late to dinner in the Beauvoir house again. I I can kind of, like, picture him, like, going to to bed at like 8 p.m. when he's not at all tired uh, but he's like i want to go back 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 to the dream world like i even if it's not real i still want to dream again well, the thing is i mean how many times have you had a dream and you just like oh and wake up from it and you're like no let me just go back to that dream it was awesome so many times yeah exactly or even if you just want to know what happened next yeah that less though. It, 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 it's it's. I I often get the like. I wasn't in college in that dream. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I've I realized when this podcast comes out, I'll have graduated college and I'll be like whining on the podcast about how much I hate college and I'll be out of college, <laughs> listening to it. Ah, <laughs> uh, the wonders of buffer time warp. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm like, oh, I get a happy birthday when it's uh, <laughs> a year and a half later. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, ah, okay. I don't remember that happening on my birthday. Oh, wait, that was, was like, last Christian year. Went out. I'm thinking, I didn't go out for my birthday. I'm like, oh, it's my brother's place. Not just going out. I'm like, oh, that's what I was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we really are that slow. <laughs> no, we're not slow. It's just that we have a hefty backlog and and it takes a while to edit a three-hour podcast that is true there's a shock it takes a really long time to edit a hour and 10 minute fanfic chapter let alone a three-hour podcast yeah a three-hour tour. So, right, so we end off the chapter with draco going to meet his new family yay and i liked this ending line of chapter four Fate was not finished with Draco Malfoy just yet. Nope. <laughs> Very foreboding. Um, so we start chapter five, which is be careful what you believe in. And he's going to a very different small dining room. In his world, that was the shabby place you send the people who uh, you want to fob off without the luxury. And in this world, it's where everybody gathers to have breakfast. Mm-hmm. And um, because it's a dream, he doesn't have to behave like a Malfoy and lets himself throw bread at Ron and all sorts of other stuff. It lets him, it lets him be a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really what he needs at this point. He just needs to relax a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. He's a little, shall we say, tightly wound. Oh, he's, I wouldn't say a little tightly wound. I would say Malfoy is very tightly wound. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would, you would be too. We, we don't see much of Draco in the tellings of how things went. Uh, this is Hog- his dream in which everybody who hates him thinks he's a great guy, and uh, it's all sorts of fun. Well, there's also the fact that, like, think about... And he learns about split pea soup, which looks awful but tastes really good. Am I it on? Because 
Scott keeps talking over me. No, that's just Scott. (laughs) Scott, can you hear me? I can now. (laughs) (laughs) My, um, this pair of headphones has a little thing sort of halfway down the cord, and it keeps getting caught between my hand and my computer chair. So Uh I press the the volume thing and it turns everything down and so I can't hear anything anyone says. Don't lie, you were just talking over me because you don't like me. <laughs> oh yes, that's, Honestly, that's it, absolutely. You know, every time I hear, like, you don't like me and no one likes me, I keep, I keep thinking of that stupid song. Everybody hates me, nobody likes me, I'm gonna eat some worms. Big ones, skinny <laughs> ones, slimy ones, fuzzy little fuzzy wuzzy worms. Hmm. Draco wow. is kind of in a worm eating moment, but he never he would. He definitely is. It was nice to see him unwind a little bit from being very tightly wound. Yeah. And that, like, there's it's good food, like, and, and I totally imagine, like, the best home-cooked meal ever. And I'm imagining that Draco has never had a home-cooked meal before, because Malfoy's wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. What would the wizarding equivalent to takeout be? Well, they have their house elves do everything. Yes, the, their house elves would like make it. Yeah, that there He's we go. He's never had a but Molly Weasley. Um, in this case, even though the house elves are still there, and I'm sure when it was when Malfoy Manor was at its prime, they probably had a house elf who was a good cook and all that. But right now, they're in the middle of the war. They've been invaded by Death Eaters, and the food is just scarce. So he's not. He's he hasn't been hungry because he's so stressed, and he's not getting as much as he was used to anyway. Mm-hmm. I guess the Aunt Bella is probably just like probably trying to poison it, and so he's probably scared to eat it. Oh, probably yeah. So they're having split pea soup, and I'm gagging in the corner because I hate split soup. I love split pea soup. My split pea soup. I've heard this, and nothing against your mother, but I have never in my life liked split pea soup. Next time you come to visit. (laughs) We'll just have to make a little bit, and you can try some and see if you want more. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, I guess you can always uh, pour it in the kitchen cabinet, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I love this story. (laughs) Put quite a bit in there. They filled the entire thing. Through a little hole in the top, and <laughs> Remus came along and tried to get out some dishes, and you got covered in split pea soup. Mm-hmm. This makes me think that like Canon Draco and Hermione would could get into like a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but you have to love him because he has such a what, what's the word I want an admiration for this prank that he didn't kill him. Yeah. No. Well, I wonder, was Remus one of the marauders in this fic or no? It seems like they were. They didn't really address it, if I I remember correctly. But James and Remus and Sirius know each other, and Peter is never addressed. So it seems Mm -hmm. like they were. So he was probably a prankster himself. They have similar personalities regardless. Right. They do. He stood there and sent the house elf to come get them so they could look at him being all green and dripping. Mm-hmm. And then they had to clean it up. Yep. <laughs> and Draco and Reynard have a, a sarcasm off or yep. something of the sort. That sounds good. And then they get into twin speak, which is just fun. 
I like I love the scene. It's very fun. I want to be part of the sarcasm off. <laughs> and it's fairly telling that even without knowing each other very well, they can manage to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They sort of have, as they say later on in this chapter or the next, they have similar souls to each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then we, we shift to, to the, the adults, adults who are adults, having yeah. a discussion. Trying to figure out who he is and whether or not he's really there and not just dreaming this. Mm-hmm. And Cece says and, that she watched him disappear as he slept. Yeah. So they know this is an actual transfer because she saw him disappear and Andy was able to touch and heal him and all of that mm-hmm. and they're aware that they aren't dream figments themselves so but she really wants him to continue believing that this is only happening in his dreams mm-hmm. because then he can relax and not mm-hmm. have to worry about keeping his defenses up right because For a few hours. if it's just a dream then he's perfectly safe there and although he's perfectly safe with them, he doesn't know that. So this will just give him that extra little safety net. Mm-hmm. And they actually have noticed his dark mark. And when Sassy recites what the symbol is, Remus says, my unhallowed ancestors, which is sort of our first confirmation that they really are descended from the Slytherins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we find out that they have troubles of their own. So mm-hmm. they may not have the war that's going on in Draco's time, but there is something that's going on that we just, we don't really know what it is. We just get told that there are troubles of their own and we'll find out later what exactly it is. Yeah. It seems like from the references that they've made to the past troubles that they sort of had something like the first war. But it hasn't gone on from that mm-hmm. because other stuff has happened since right. instead. Right. And it, yeah, so I'm not going to say much beyond what Scott says. <laughs> She's sitting on her head. I'm being very careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we also learned that Draco, um, the dark bark is consuming him. And if they can't counter it, uh, he has a year right. before it'll overtake him. Right. And he'll just be evil. Yep. And they really don't want that to happen. Nope. Yeah. And they do a little bit of working out who the counterparts would be. Sessie is Narcissa's counterpart. But because there were no Malfoys in this dimension, there aren't any direct counterparts to Lucius or Draco. Mm-hmm. The closest, therefore, would be Remus and Reynard. Mm-hmm which kind of shocks them a little bit, but they uh, have to end up letting it go. Yep. I just, I like Remus to think. He goes, well, Remus finally said, that seems I surpassed you after all, Arthur. <laughs> if it was rather unconventional <laughs> means. <laughs> Guess what? You've got another son. He's 17 years old. <laughs> <laughs> He's not from your loins, but still. Oh, well, it works. <laughs> Twins? Why not triplets? Yeah. <laughs> and we sort of go back to that a little bit because at the beginning of the next chapter, we switch back to the kids at the table. And Ron wants to know, are you sure, sure you two aren't related? Because Draco and Ray have been doing the 
twin speak thing. Mm -hmm. And this is where Luna says they have their minds and souls are similar. Not a blood one, though. Your blood is very different, but your minds and your souls are out that are alike. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we find out that it's Luna's coming out ball that they're planning. Yep. That their house isn't quite big enough, so Mm -hmm. they're going to have it here. And they're really having it here because she's claiming Ray, right. basically. Or, or Ray's claiming, or claiming her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, I mean, in in the yeah. tradition, it would be Ray claiming her, her, but I think they're both claiming each other just because. Yeah. Yep. This is this and is the, not the time where women don't have rights. <laughs> and Ginny and Harry have a, a similar plan for a few months down the road. Right. And I like. Ray here because they they talk. Neville says, you know, my mom married Luna's dad, but we're not rich like some people. And Ray says, we're innocent victims of circumstance. We can't help it that we suffer from excess wealth. And Harry goes, yeah, you don't. You enjoy every minute of it. So, mm-hmm. It's good wit, good banter. Yeah, it's, it's she's very good at the banter. Yeah, and. Self-confessed weak point is probably description, but her dialogue is pretty polished. Yeah. And we've established that, um, then we establish that Ginny is going to be engaged to Harry, Harry. in August. Mm-hmm. And then Ray speaks Parseltongue, and Draco's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. And then they have their their house PA system says, Attention, the evening game of Quidditch will commence in 30 minutes. Please assemble on th- in 30 minutes on the pitch. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, they have a house PA system. It's fun. It's cool. And, and, and it's like almost yeah, that's threw me. That threw me for the biggest loop. I'm like, who the hell's talking to them? And why are they talking to them like that? <laughs> it's the house. It's got a mind of its own. Yeah. Yes. Kind of like Hogwarts. Yes. And we find out that, that they... Uh, have just enough time to go do a reading. And so they're going to go and basically I, act. I thought, I thought the reading was, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I got this Trelawney comment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. man. And apparently they have a tradition of either reading shortened versions of plays or bits from books or having musical recitals and if it hadn't been pre-established that like blood has nothing to do with anything i might not have bought this but the fact that like apparently it doesn't matter in this universe i can buy it it'll work it'll work (laughs) yeah i wish we did that somewhere that would be fun (laughs) we don't have enough people though yeah we don't know Although I suppose we could start working on another master fic. Oh, that would, what am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Talk to me when I've graduated. I'll see how much time I <laughs> have. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So Remus pulls Cece away, kind of to the side and says, you know, I have to ask, is it possible that this boy is the one that we've been waiting for? So it's like look plot. They have a prophecy <laughs> or something that hmm, and she says she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. But, but he's content with the possibility, right? And I have to jump back just a little bit because I like the fact that Draco explains 
what Lucius thinks of music and Luna calls him silly and he says, oh, I'll make sure to tell him that the next time I see him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if I want to die a terrible death. There are some really awesome moments between Draco and Lucius in this fix. Blur. Awesome or awful? Awesome. Okay, we'll look forward to that. And so we skip through a reading of, apparently, Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm. Also apparently a shortened one, seeing as they only had half an hour. Right. But because then the castle or the house lets them know that the evening game of Quidditch is about to begin, and they need to get to the the pitch of the stands. Yep. And they have a race to the broom shed because if you don't get there quickly, you might get the clean sweep three. Yes, yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> Which apparently Percy always gets because he never gets there quickly. So this time, Marcus Black, who is walking, is probably going to get it. Maybe. And he is also uh, leapt upon by Lissa. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's the mighty steed. <laughs> racing down the hallways. Yeah, those two I don't have quite sorted out. Marcus is another black son who never existed, and Lissa... Lissa is a potter. Okay. I figured she might be, but I wasn't sure. I had no idea. I was confused. (laughs) I haven't... I haven't... You know what? Just for you, Trisha, I will plot out the family tree this weekend. Yay! And the show notes. notes. I'll have to figure out who Jonathan is, because I don't know who Jonathan is yet, but... I'll figure it out. Okay. I'm sure Anne would help. Yeah, I'll I'll message her if I have questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had no idea who the hell anybody was. Like, this is this is the point where I started getting really, really frustrated and really ticked off. The the thing to remember is that apart from the kin characters, the rest don't count. Who who they are that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's using some things that she's done before in other stories, but that they have no actual connection to those. She's just that's that's going to be background, which is like it's 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 nice and and very you know cute, but like the stuff that you really need to pay pay attention to to understand what's going on is it all the people that you story. you already know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah. The extra names are just there to give them enough people to field two Quidditch teams. <laughs> and true. also to kind of fill out all the families. And I really like it when authors, instead of, I really don't like it when authors say, there's this great big family and name three of them. I like knowing all their names and, and you know, so, so I can sort, you know, out everybody in my head. Mm-hmm. And it does make some sense that with 12 extra years, the, um, Potters would have had more children than just Harry and stuff oh, yeah. like and that. So. Without prison, the Blacks would have more kids, and you know, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense that there are these three really big families running around these three large manors. Yes. So they make it out to the Quidditch pitch, which has replaced where Narcissa's formal garden is in Draco's world, and mm-hmm. he heartily approves. Of course he does. <laughs> when they throw up the broom and catch it in hand over hand to figure out who gets to have first pick. And, mm. of course, Harry gets Harry it. and Ray are the captains. Yes. Harry gets it, and he picks Ron immediately. And so Ray kind of looks around, and he says, All right, Malfoy, what, play do, what do you play? And Draco says, Seeker. 
And, and everybody's uh, like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> and Harry wants to know if he's any good. And Draco says, ah, I'm fair to Midland. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. so they give him a chance. He gets to play for the green team. Oh, and they always split like... up the twins, apparently. They are not allowed to be beaters on the same team. <laughs> that would be bad. Of course not. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I like Draco. He's like, Merlin, my mind is strange. I would never imagine playing with her against a team like this. Hmm, should be fun. And, mm. then, when we find and then Percy comes up to be the referee. And he's like, okay, I could have made that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that I would have imagined. Off they and go. There's your sort of regular pre-Quidditch speech, you know, I want a nice clean game, no foolery. And then they all end off by reciting, don't go outside the lights. And Draco's like, okay, that's a little odd, but he doesn't really think about it too much because, hey, it's Quidditch. And heads off. And uh, that's going to smack him in the face in the next chapter. (laughs) (laughs) Which is called, be careful how hard you fall. Ooh, that was a great sound effect in the background. Who did that? That was me. That's my it's my phone. My phone went off. Oh, very nice. Well, it's better than my phone. So there my you go. phone quacks when Sue calls. <laughs> it does. I know it does. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling you in class. Look, well, it's on silent phone. in class. Oh, I know. But if it was on, I would be like, I'm really sorry. My friend is messing with me because she knows I'm in class. <laughs> She's being mean. Oh, yeah, because that's how I am. I'm mean. Vicious. Vicious. That's me. So this is where I knew, this is where I remembered that Lissa was a potter. Because Lissa yeah, is uh, no playing chaser. No. Liar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so... Next clue for us there. Draco's been shifting around and stuff because he says nine times out of ten people are going to let you know where the stitch is. And sure enough, go for this uh, perching way above the action like Harry does. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, there's a squeak and yep, there it is. And then Lissa kind of calls Harry's attention to it too, and he's you know they're neck and neck pretty soon, and they're flying, and he's almost got it. And all of a sudden, his broom, like, jerks to a stop. And he looks behind him, and Harry's got a hold of his broom tail, and he's like, stop, what are you doing? And Draco's like, you can't even play fair in my dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. And he he's totally shifted from this fun camaraderie that he's had to Harry Potter will do anything to win, which is what he used to think. Which is so evocative. Yeah, and... Uh-huh. He's... And the fact that the whole grabbing onto the end of his broom thing is something Draco did two years ago or right. however many years exactly. ago. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, right. so all of a sudden he, you know, he lets Harry kind of relax and then he jerks the broom out of his hands and they end up falling and he's like, oh, well, this, you know, I'm going to. At least I'll take him down with me. Mm-hmm. And they oh, I'm sorry, Fleur. I just stepped on my kitty. Aww. I, I do oh. love this men- the wizard mentality of, we're only 20 feet up. He'll only it's break only a, a couple of bones. bones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he says, hmm, I hope I wake up before I hit the ground. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. but he didn't. And uh, he lands on like a net almost that kind of slows him down. And then he drops the final five feet. And of course he lands and then Harry lands on top of him. And Harry's like, you know, how do oh. we know? Never mind. We've got to get back in. Come on, get up. And Draco doesn't know what's going on. And Harry's like, oh, hurry, hurry. Oh, here they come. Draco's like, wait, wait. All of a sudden it starts getting cold and it starts getting dark and all of a sudden he realizes, oh, this is why we're not supposed to fly outside the lights. There's Dementors. And there's a lot of them. Yep. Yep. And they're kind of good. He says, okay, uh, obviously there are wards. That's what I fell through. Let's get back through the wards. Except they won't let him through. No. Yep. Harry gets in, but because he's got the dark mark on, he can't get through. Because anything, there, it's the wards are so strong that it's not going to let any of his, um, I don't know, anything that's really patent or mm-hmm. evil in. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is so sad. And that... <laughs> is a real blow to Draco's newfound confidence and the patroness that he's been conjuring immediately goes out, which is right. no help because, Oh, that's the thing I kind of skipped over is that he actually manages to finally conjure a shaped patroness be- mm-hmm. with his memory of waking up to see Ceci. Right. It's apparently a winged something, which is interesting. Some sort of bird like shape. And then all of a sudden the world changes and he's, small and he's confused and things are odd and smells and sounds are different and all of a sudden he there's a cat talking to him yeah (laughs) and she says this way and follow me and he realizes he's got four feet instead of two and okay here we go and (laughs) something reaches down and you know they get through the wars there's this tiny hole really close to the door to the ground and they get through and these giants scoop him up and he starts freaking out because he doesn't know what's got him. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden she hisses and says, they're friends, knock it off. And he's like, okay, I'll stop biting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he realizes that she's an animagus. Yeah. That's why. And having understood her when she was in cat form, he must also have been in some animal form. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it was Remus a likes, would like to know what was going on. This is an interesting choice of tactics. <laughs> Trisha, have you read Dangerverse at all? Um, I think the first one in a lot. Uh, he was a fox, I believe, in that mm-hmm. one. Right. Well, this is by the same. I I can't remember. Anyway, uh, I don't think he's a ferret. He is in this one. This is Canon Draco. He's a ferret. Yep. Okay. It's Rainer to be the fox. So he wants to know who did the transfiguration, and Harry says he did. It's the first thing you can think of. And Rainer did the wards because he's keyed into the wards because he's the family. And mm-hmm. he, you know, he apologizes that he didn't ask first, but there just wasn't time. <laughs> and then we've, you know, <laughs> what? Sorry, I'm. I'm having a cat attack. Uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. Speaking of cats. The, yeah, speaking of cats. <laughs> my cat is pouncing on all the packaging I got my new computer in. Mm, fun stuff. Good stuff. 
mind biting me and doing the bunny hop? <laughs> yeah. Bunny hop. Oh, that's what I, oh, oh, she just hit her head. Oh, are you okay? <laughs> she, she decided that was enough. <laughs> and they remark on the fact that the patronesses can pass through the wards because they're without evil intent and Draco's feeling beaten down still because he doesn't want to be evil, but there he is not being let through the wards. And he's a horrible person and uh, sort of gets interrupted a little bit in his fugue. Not a horrible person. It's in yeah. his self-pity. Draco, not you. Draco. And Remus says, you may stop looking stricken. I don't bite anymore. Anymore. And everybody starts laughing. <laughs> and Draco's like, hmm, is he a werewolf now? Does that too? mean he used to be a werewolf and isn't? Or what's going on there? But he's still feeling too sorry for himself and just panicked that he doesn't have time to think about other stuff. Right. Yep. And off to chapter eight. Be careful who you get to know. Hi, Kelly. Hi. <laughs> I heard the cards won. Yes. Yay for them. Did, the cards did, won. Did you want a minute to squeak? Um, well, just to re- I may be squeeing later. Right. We won our game. Yay. We are waiting for the Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves game to be over. They are tied in the bottom of the 12th with two outs and two on. If Atlanta wins, then we play them tomorrow in a playoff. And if Atlanta loses, we are the wild card. (laughs) And now they're going to the top of the 13th inning in Atlanta. Wow. (laughs) It's like, Uh... this is, (laughs) we didn't think that we were going to, we figured because Atlanta's game started an hour before ours, that we would we would know by the end of our game but because our game went by so fast we were done 45 minutes ago it was Mm -hmm. it was it was a three-hour game less than three-hour game so the all the the whole cardinal clubhouse are all sitting down glued to the television waiting to see and and you're watching they're walking past all the doors and they're and um, ESPN two has got the Braves game on, but they're walking past all the doors and everyone is sitting, staring at the television. <laughs> Nobody's doing anything. <laughs> they're not dressing. They're not showering. They're not doing. They, they've already changed and they're all glued to the TV. Wow. I'm sure. <sighs> we're way off course. So Kelly, we're on chapter eight. There's an author note that says unbearable evilness at the end of this chapter. Please don't kill me. But fortunately, we're going through it, so it doesn't matter. So, boy, it was really nice turning the, you know, the game had started. It was like 7.40 or something, and I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to look and see see how Atlanta's doing. I turn it, oh, Atlanta's losing, or Atlanta's winning 3-1. to one. I wonder how the cards are doing. Five? We have five? When the hell did we get five? <laughs> First inning. <laughs> I runs in the first inning. So Draco sort of smiles because everybody's laughing at Remus's I don't bite anymore joke. And that's where he wonders if that means that he used to be a werewolf and he's not anymore. And he looks down and he's feeling really bad. He says, I didn't know that the words about the words are the, the dementors. And he's thinking to himself, don't make me leave. It's not me. I'm not evil. I don't know what it is, but it's not me. And they say, you know, that's our fault, too. We should have told you. Can you forgive us? 
And he looks at him in disbelief because, you know, he's used to Voldemort and the Death Eaters. And this is a very different setup here. Yeah. And it's revealed that Draco caught the snitch. Mm -hmm. And he is in shock because this is the first time he's ever beat Harry Potter at Quidditch. And he's not even, like, all that vengeful about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a very different Harry Potter to what he's used to as well. So, and they do a snake dance around the losing team, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and he uh, he's thinking to himself, "I like this dream. Can I stay? Pretty please with chocolate on top." And he's kind of laughing to himself in his inner voice because that's just not what he's used to. But he does kind of like it, mm -hmm. and he thinks that he's going to end up in St. Mungo's because he wants to discover a spell that's going to let him sleep for the rest of his life. But then he thinks, oh, that mm -hmm. won't work because they'll put me in St. Mungo's, and then maybe I won't be able to get back here. Yeah. Especially if they take off the spell. Yep. That's like a sad panda. <laughs> you guess what, Trisha? I said that's like a sad panda. Yeah. Aww. So Abby wants to know if he's cold because he's been shivering mm -hmm. and uh, comes to sit with him and he says, okay, you can sit with me, but uh, no talking. Yeah. She goes to find a chair. Because she, he figures that she'll get bored and go away. And then the next scene is Harry going, what is so funny with those two? Because Draco and Abby are absolutely l laughing so hard they can't breathe. And... They're, Megan says they're just looking at each other what's so funny about looking at each other and nobody can figure it out and it's because they're not allowed to talk to each other so they're just kind of communicating with their eyes and they just think it's absolutely hysterical so. yeah. I thought they were making faces at each other or something yeah, I thought it's so too. too yeah could be but something has been really funny anyway and as soon as they catch eyes again it sets them off so. mm -hmm. pardon me yes I'm looking for Be Careful on fanfiction.net because I'm still getting a gateway timeout. Can somebody tell me who the second character is besides Draco? I don't know, but I'll give you a link. Danger. Okay, I'm sorry? Danger. There you go. Thank you, mm -hmm. because I can't... I do. Oh, that's why, because I was looking for Walsh and not why do you need to know. Ah, yeah. yes, that will do it. Okay, so okay. he's awake again in his own time, in his own house, and he's decided that that's okay, that he'll just go to sleep every night and go back there. So this works for him. Hmm. And he's, uh, they've asked him to call him Moody, Moody in Danger, which is a little weird, and he's not quite sure he can do it, but he's going to try, and he's been trying to kind of put them with the equivalent people in his own time, trying to figure that out. And, you know, he wonders if he really does need to go downstairs and stuff, but he... Yeah, that, of course, he does. And he sees the caros, and I love his internal monologue here. Uh, yes, I think un unimportant, unimportant is the way to go here. Pardon me, submissive little failure coming through. Not worth anybody's time. Don't bother, bother about me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which yep. is completely it's funny, the opposite. But sad. Of I mean, but I mean, in in the way that 
you, you know, Draco in canon is is so always like strutting around Hogwarts. You know, like he owns the place, um, which I think is scary and funny because fun. yeah. that's what Snape says Potter does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, like the, it, it's he's he's learned that sometimes if you're quiet enough to, for people not to notice you, then you you might get more done. Mm-hmm. And he's mostly spending his time thinking about the stuff that's going to happen in the other world. They're setting up the ball and he's been learning his uh, lines, what there are. It's, they've said basically a ball is more like a play than anything because there's all the costumes and music and yeah. Mm-hmm. They have certain things that they're supposed to say to each other. Right. And they're already taking the Mickey out of Ron and calling him our little Roykins. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Draco's finding himself more attracted to Luna than he expected, mm-hmm. which is a little disconcerting. Yeah. Besides Especially the fact that she's already engaged. taken. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but at the beginning, he kept thinking, okay, I called her Luna. I didn't call her Looney and I didn't call her Love Good. I called her Luna, so that's good. So he's, yeah, come a little ways because now he's kind of, hmm, she's not as bug-eyed crazy as I thought she was. Mm-hmm. And the snake dance had a little bit to it, to do with it as well. It was sensual. <laughs> uh-huh. so... so we shift back to Fidelis Manor and um, we're in Danger's point of view this time. Yep. Gertrude Beauvoir. And she's greeting people into the uh, ball area and we have somebody coming in, a wizard. We don't really know who he is, but apparently he's with Minerva because she asks about, you know, where is she? And we find out that she and Molly Weasley have already disappeared and fussing about grandchildren. But mm-hmm. <laughs> so Apparently Minerva has grandkids. Yes. She's in the process of gaining grandkids. <laughs> and this Go this goes in further to um the family tree um if you notice into the uh, factor <laughs> <laughs> no no but well, um if you notice bad. uh his uh no, their, their daughter their daughter's uh husband is named Reggie and mm-hmm. i believe that's referring to Regulus Black yeah that would have been my guess Who's still alive? So he, I mean, this it's, wi- it's unknown wizard is um, uh, Remus's favorite cousin. Yes. So there are these tiny little references that are scattered throughout these fics that you got to like piece together who's related to who. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Just the Philadelphia just got to run <laughs> in the top of the thirteenth inning. Please cut this out. <laughs> so let's just put it this way: if they can hold the Braves for four more runs, then I'm going to have to go on mute because I'm going to have to go like dance around the room because <laughs> that means that we're in the playoffs. <laughs> Sorry. Go for it. And my Twitter, I, I'm, and my I'm, Twitter timeline I'm just gonna, exploded. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't blame you. I would be in the same position if, I, if the socks were up for the other way around. Let's just say that it's been a really, 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 really long day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yes. 
So we find out that All this right. new wizard and Albus would probably like to talk to the dream child. And they... They all like their magical mysteries. Mm-hmm. Get the impression they're probably pretty good friends. And, you know, he promises only to ask ten questions. Or fewer than ten. <laughs> and she doesn't believe him. Which uh, sparks her um, off. He's... And she gives him the full name treatment. Mm-hmm. Which, which happens to be... Tom Marvel Riddle. <laughs> Tom Marvel Riddle. Yeah. Like I said, it... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, come on! Before he was all icky, he was a person who was quite good-looking. Mm-hmm. And this one is rather <laughs> uh, mirrored personality, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of the opposite. He's the professor of defense against the dark arts. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did apply yeah. for that position. Several times. Yeah. This time he just got it. Makes me wonder what would have happened if he started having weird dreams when he was 16. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That probably would have been disturbing. (laughs) So we move to the next chapter, which is be careful what you say you'll do. And the author's note says, "Uh, you might need brain bleach for this chapter. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) So... Draco's sitting at a table and he's watching around. He He's danced a few times, but he's not really into all of this. And of course, his little he's voice is, a... is speaking to him. You know, mm-hmm. nice thought. Come get a thought. A thought treat. Here, thought. Nice thought. Come get a thought treat. Because he's trying to. He In the back of his mind, he's got a thought. He's just trying to get it to come out. And he can't. And now he's laughing at himself. Yeah. yeah. He figures he'd have to tell Abby, and that's another little prod. So there's something about her that's part of what he's trying to put together. And then Mm -hmm. he realizes what it is. All of the, none of the dances he's been to have ever been fun. Nobody's, where everybody's been happy and they're all dancing because they want to. And yeah, Mm -hmm. there's such a big difference. Yeah, it's a huge difference. The the way... The way Draco uh, like kind of pictures the lines up the dances at home reminds me of when we were in sixth and seventh grade. The women's club made us like we had to like sign up and we would have to take ballroom and we would have to like dance with boys, mm-hmm. and no one wanted to. It just reminded me of that. The, this very like Still weird idea. Too. Yes. You mean you didn't like dancing with your friends? They weren't my friends. They made fun of me. <laughs> and uh, while he's thinking, a wizard comes up to him and uh, introduces himself. And he talks to Professor Riddle for a while. And there's something kind of niggling at him about this. And then he has another thought. And he sort of goes... <clears throat> yeah. You're Voldemort. Wait a minute. Something's wrong here. Nothing, Trisha. You just fell. I just fell off. Okay. Were, it was only you. Yeah. It was only me. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Said it was your last chapter. We were just getting rid of you early. Skype was hey. telling you to go to bed. Yeah, believe me. I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> 
and Draco's mind sort of starts babbling at him because he's trying not to think about what he's realizing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, <laughs> he's thinking about the rumors and the, the name that the Dark Lord had had before the one he chose that no one dared speak. And he's like, that's really stupid if you think about it. I mean, who picks out a name for themselves that they don't want anyone to say? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's got this great internal thing going on. And so, and then he he finally lands on the uh, thought that he was trying to ignore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Married to McGonagall. I don't want to think about that, but it was too late. His mind was all, had already seized on the concept, and it was busily constructing scenarios complete with visual aids. <laughs> <laughs> Some things are just not meant to be imagined. Like I said, ick. Yeah. And Professor Riddle's like, "Are you all right?" And he says, "I'm fine. Yes, perfectly fine." <laughs> He tells himself to shut up, and Riddle's like, what? Draco's like, not you, I'm trying to get me to stop. <laughs> He's got grandchildren? Kill me now! Yeah. Uh, fabulous. He says, my grandson walks around the house muttering to himself, and when his mother asks him what he's doing, he says, I'm being granddad. <laughs> <laughs> watching the game and all the they just started putting the plastic up in the in the cards locker room around the people that are watching the TV. <laughs> Cause if they win there's gonna be champagne everywhere. Oh yeah, sure. It's, it's very funny. Yeah. Sorry. So Cecilia's come in to uh check on them and make sure they weren't mistreating her child. And uh Mm-hmm. Well, that's he's gone off to talk says. to Professor Riddle and Lord Albus, and she just comes in to say that the uh, main event of the evening's about to start, and you know she didn't want them to miss it. They didn't want to miss it either, so off they go. And she, he, yeah, she she waits for a bit, and Draco waits in the room, and he wants to know: Did you realize that he was the? focus of all the stuff going on in my world. And she says, I sort of suspected, but forgive me for finding it funny. (laughs) (laughs) It is an interesting kind of thing because this Tom has gone a different way and he turned out really quite a bit like Dumbledore. Which is, you can imagine, I I mean, he likes finding out all sorts of things and researching Mm -hmm. all the odd magical spells and that's kind of what Voldemort did, except his motives were completely different. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, Anne makes it look like look like it's you know an AU from one point, but really it's it's far back. It's even further back than we realize because Tom Riddle didn't become Voldemort because there was no pure blood mentality. Right. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared. So. I mean, yeah. I found that really interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. What do what what do people become without prejudice? Yeah, true, very true. And so, Mom and Draco are having a talk here, and she asks about dreams. 
are the dreams important important and he says compared to real life yes and she says dreams are often all that give us the strength to continue in real life and they go on and they start to have kind of a disagreement he says mm -hmm. you need sleep you don't need dreams and she disagrees and he says you do that and i'm leaving and she says well where are you going and he says upstairs and back to the real world and then i'm going to figure out how to stop this from happening it's it's time for this to be over he's sort of gotten uncomfortable and he's decided that he's just gonna stop it and he breaks her heart it's really sad oh yeah, yeah. but the thing is it's he's... also her own doing to not not really explain that this is also reality too that he's he's shifting between two universes but the mm -hmm. thing is since she won't tell him that he's not realizing it i understand why she's not doing it but she's she's breaking her own heart herself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and to break up to wake up what am i saying to grow up the way draco has you can't like there there's no relying on dreams period like you can't even dream of what the future holds mm -hmm. all you have is is what's given to you by your family and i always was fascinated by the parallels between the Dursleys and the Malfoys because they hold the same ideals. Mm -hmm. It's just they're they're one is magical and one is very muggle. It's but they're both very like there's no imagination, there's no music playing, there's no like it's it's very they have a certain way of life. Right. And you don't go beyond that. You don't deviate. And for you and for Draco to want to deviate is probably that desire is horribly um it, it's messing up his his head because you know he has all the he has everything he has money and a family but he isn't happy right and he doesn't understand why yeah yeah and he so he's you know kind of he's storming off yeah basically and he's not going to give in but to then something happens. emotional blackmail. And out of the corner of his eye, he sees something, just a flicker of movement. And he's like, oh, somebody just went into the room I just left. Oh, that's good. Somebody's with her. But all of a sudden, he's got goosebumps. And, yep. and she screams. Yeah. And he grabs his wand and runs back down the corridor. And she's crumpled on the ground and there's a black robed unhooded thing floating beside her just reaching out to kiss her and he screams expecto patronum and chases it away and yikes that's frightening mm -hmm. yeah so they've breached the wards yep. and it doesn't really say this in this but it it's kind of like the Quidditch game, you know, in canon, where there's so many people and so much yeah. happiness and everything going on that they just can't resist coming in to feed. And I kind of get the impression that's part of it, too. Mm -hmm. like I said, mm -hmm. It doesn't come out and say that in here, but I do think that's kind of what happens. Well, they also go into, uh, I can never say this word, specifics of how this can happen mm -hmm. later on in the story. Right. So for now, this is very much a mystery. For now, all you get to know is that one broke in. Yeah. Okay. And the wards are breached. Right. 
And at the beginning of chapter 10, we shift to her point of view. And we're being yep. careful. Hold on. Good night, Trisha. Good night. Good night, Good night. Sorry. I was falling asleep there for a second, so. All right. Good night, Thank Trish. you, guys. Thank you. Thanks Have a good night. We see you back in a couple chapters. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, uh, yeah, because we're going to combine these. Hopefully. Hopefully. It'll get better. And we'll like it a little more. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying. I'm so trying. Yeah, okay. Kat sent me that um PDF family treat that might treat. help. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I will probably I'll work on it some tonight because I'm not really tired. Okay, alrighty. Thank you. But I'll, I'll try and finish it this uh, weekend. So, okay, cool. Good Whatever. Night, All right. Night. Good night. Sleep well. Bye. Night. There Bye. is beer and champagne and people jumping up and down. On two different channels on my TV. <laughs> I suspect they would. The 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 Phillies beat in the Braves in Atlanta, and the Cardinals are in Houston celebrating in Houston's locker room. <laughs> yeah, well, there wow. you go. Two we emotional think, nights for you in a row, Kelly. We didn't think that. Oh, I know. I was that was bad. We did not think that we were going to make the playoffs this year. I mean, it was like, wow, really? Wow. This is cool. Yeah, Scott, um, I made Ravenclaw, as you probably read. Scott, have you got in? Well, you must have got in because everybody's in. Have you been sorted? No, I haven't got that far. I'm in chapter, uh, I guess it's chapter three. I'm just about to start chapter three the last time that it kicked me off. So, um, and then I decided not to keep trying because I needed to come read this stuff. And I can actually run Pottermore now because <laughs> I have a new computer that doesn't crash. <laughs> Except for that Pottermore crashes, so I don't know if the computer helps. <laughs> but, I mean, no, but when it crashes, like, I get the bl- the gray screen of death for Max that mm-hmm. says, you must restart your computer. Like, there's no way out of it. It's Ooh, yuck. It takes, like, five minutes for me to restart it. Double yuck. All right. So, yeah, I got sorted into Ravenclaw. I finished the book. I have like 48 points or something like that. I could probably go back and do another potion for you more finished, points. You finished the first book? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Is that all there is I right now? I you were going to bed last night after this morning. I did. I just finished the first book just while I was eating dinner. <laughs> this is why I got a new one because it took me four hours to get through like the first 10 chapters. <laughs> Well, I, 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 the first, uh, Sue, I got up to like chapter six mm-hmm. yesterday, six yes. or seven. And, uh, then while I was working on a, a potion, I went and did another chapter and then like <laughs> threw a load of laundry in because I had to wait an hour and a half. Yeah. I thought they fixed that. No. Well, don't go off the page because it says you can come back, but apparently. It ruins the potion when you do that. Oh, no. I could get back to it. It's just that I had to get back to it while it was... Still working? Well, no. Before... It, no, it was done. But before it timed out after it was done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember what I made. So, yeah. That was funny, though, because they're... All these guys, they're in their, you know, under armor and their shorts. And they're all glued to the TV. And all these workers are around them tacking up plastic sheeting <laughs> all around the room. 
<laughs> try to contain some of that stuff. Well, I mean, and, and it wasn't none of the plastic sheeting. There wasn't any champagne, nothing in the locker room when they got down there. And then once it, it, it yeah, they, they were putting it up like during the, <laughs> during the 11th inning. Oh, put it up quick. But my timeline just absolutely blew up. That's awesome. You know, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, we made the playoffs. It's like, you know what? We made the playoffs. If we lose in the first round, I'm fine with that. We made the playoffs. <laughs> That's what counts. Yeah. That is what counts. So. We're way off course. Okay. So we're right. on chapter 10. Two more chapters. Yay. Yay. And he's trying to wake her up. Mom, mom. And she sees him and she thinks it's the love, her only love that had left her. She doesn't realize it's Draco. And then all of a sudden she realizes it's Draco. And he's, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, you know, how did it get in? And what's going on? And so she tells him that he he needs to warn everybody and gives him the incantation and says, okay, now people have the time that they need to get everything done. And you and I will go down to meet them. Mm-hmm. And Remus is leaning down to kiss the cheek of his daughter-in-law elect when the bell sounds. It's like, uh-oh. Yeah. Or, or as this Lena is the says, oh, first dear. time we discover that this Remus and Danger have the same mental bond that the um, Dangerous Proper characters do. So she's transferred that over as well. Mm. Yes. So Note to editor, insert gong Rina. here. <laughs> well, I was thinking Rinna. Super soulmate powers, activate. Oh, no, I'm before that. <laughs> For the bell? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to check on their neighbors and make sure the littlest ones are up with Hermione, who, you know, who's taking care of them. Um, they've got the house elves. They're going to add extra wards, so everything should be okay. And mm-hmm. they send all the students to the center of the room, so forth. And but no one's seen Draco or Aunt Sissy. Right. We find this out through the Ray Information Network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows that Draco left first with Cousin Tom? That's funny. And then uh, Aunt Cece had left just a few minutes ago. So Remus kind of uh, he accesses the the house personality or magic or yeah, whatever. I was say mind melds. Yeah, and finds out that they're okay. Which is and they're good. coming in, and they seem to have found everybody. Yep. Right. And Ray wants to help with whatever they're about to do, but Remus says, "No, wait till your birthday, and you go take care of your brothers and sisters." And so they're getting ready to go, and all the kids are meeting up in a certain area, basically, mm-hmm. and. The doors. Once every once everybody gets into the ballroom, the doors bang shut, mm-hmm. and then the walls kind of crack. Isn't that right? The doors on the far side allow. Oh, there's a big crack, and then hold tight, and everybody's kind of holding on to each other, and they just kind of spin, kind of up, and they end up in a secret room under the Quidditch pitch. Yep, basically. Mm-hmm. And there's a big shield that they've cast over top of the children. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, the ballroom is basically an elevator or transports them into 
No, it, it is actually moving. Uh, they're into the cellar, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the older kids all get brooms, and there's no fighting and good-natured bickering like there was the last time they just take their brooms and go and he ends up with the same broom he had before which i thought was funny and they find that what was a floor is now a great big ship and there's poles with hand-sized rings on the end and basically the brooms slide in and the brooms are gonna carry this ship up into the air it's a dirigible i thought this was a really neat way of using the magic make a particular room in your house become a blimp basically except Mm -hmm. it's a sailing ship for the air (laughs) right because apparently if you can get high enough the dementors can't get to you yes because she's using authentic canon book dementors which float a few inches off the ground not prisoner of azkaban dementors which apparently chase you around when you're playing quidditch and know how to fly right Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not talking about our complaints about the movie. No, no, no. So, yeah, the ceiling is gone, and there they go. One, two, three. Actually, it's three, two, one. And the fifth and sixth years point their wands up, and everybody It's almost a up. propeller spell, basically. <laughs> yeah. And then, that shoots them off. He needs the little Lilith ones to help him, and they start singing. Hogwarts. The Hogwarts school Hogwarts. song, which will make Albus very happy so he can cast a really good shield. Right. <laughs> so, so but makes McGonagall want to get earplugs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've got to say, um, the three, two, one is just like, they're so lucky that they're not Puffa. <laughs> oh, wait, get it wrong. Let's try that again. Is it no, but I, I, or is it... <laughs> What, is three, it three, two, one, click, or three, two, click, or? Yeah. Are we going on one, or are we going to count to one and then go? <laughs> three, two, one, click. Hey, you stupid thing, start. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. You know what that reminds me of, too? There was a movie. Sister Act. Do we shoot on three, or do we <laughs> shoot? Is it one, two, three, shoot, or is it shoot on three? <laughs> and yeah. they're like, we can't shoot her. She's a nun. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. She is not. This is why they, in this and the various sci-fi shows, they say on my mark and they actually say the word mark yes. when they mean you to start counting things or doing whatever. But anyway, it is fun. There they are singing the song. And Draco's just sort of looking around at this. First he cracks up, and then he's kind of watching everything. He says, okay, who's steering this thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's self-directed. It just goes to one place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, like, oh, why not? And he start, joins in. <laughs> singing too. <laughs> I like the description of Marcus Black's voice. It sounds like a... Uh, Krupp and a Nizel fighting. (laughs) (laughs) And the last line of the chapter is, Professor McGonagall conjures herself a pair of earplugs. (laughs) Yes, well, 
We always <laughs> knew she was smart. Musical taste, shall we say. And now we have, be careful who, who you, think, you about. think about. Interesting. He is in a trance-like state, which tends to happen when he's on long flights. I wonder if Anne had been in an airplane recently. Well, I get like that in a car. If I'm in a car for very long, I'm out cold. And actually, that's not true. I can't keep my eyes open. I'm usually fairly aware of what's going on around me, but I can't keep my eyes open and I'm in a half doze. I'm I'm guessing, too, because I've been in, in the car with you for long trips. This is not when you're driving? Sometimes it's when I'm driving and then I have to, like, eat keep myself awake. It's not a good thing. But yeah, usually it's when I'm in the passenger Turn seat. Turn Richard up. Yes. And then he speaks and scares me. <laughs> in 800 miles. <laughs> Yards, I guess. That's what they See, do that this way. is why miles. I had your dad drive everywhere, Scott. <laughs> we got him lost. It was great. You get everybody yeah. lost, Sue. No, I know. I've gotten really good at being lost, though. It used to terrify me. Now I'm just like, oh, cool, it's a new adventure. So <laughs> it works. I wish I could have got that one guy's little program to work. I still think it would be fun to have a, a, a snake tom-tom. Mm. A snake tom-tom? That's funny. You have arrived at your destination. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I would like that. Uh, Lena said That's that funny. one of her friends actually has Yoda. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. And it, 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 you know, arrived you have. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So, Well, I told you what? that the, the one that I have for the English voice, that it knows how to pronounce some of the areas in my mm-hmm. suburban area. But if I want to, like, if I want to go east... It'll say, take the next exit, Highway 64, eastbound motorway toward St. Louis. And it's like, St. what? (laughs) Mm -hmm. St. what? (laughs) They're not all programmed. I was recently went and had a day with a friend of mine, and his is currently programmed to be Clint Eastwood. (laughs) And it's somebody doing a really bad imitation. So it's like, after 10 meters, turn left. <laughs> <laughs> and just everything in a whisper. It's not like necessarily Clint Eastwood's voice. It just whispers everything. Oh, and, God. Yeah. yeah, Scott, if the, if the college thing doesn't work out for you, I, I think you could like contact, you know, one of these Garmin or, or whatever and, and they could hire you for some yeah. voices. That would be could, fun. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, uh, Draco's waking up. He doesn't have a Tom Tom. No, no, he doesn't know where he's going. His his GPS is uh, not working. Not working. Left he left it behind. Yep. Too high in the clouds. He's got relief. She comes and uh, tells him he can go get something to drink, and he's kind of in line. He asks Neville where he got his cup, and he says, "Oh, usually we just conjure them. Saves time." Oh, okay. So he does that, and he's waiting in line because McGonagall's got this magic teapot. This is where we find out that if you get up really high, that they can't come after you. Mm-hmm. And someone's dressed him in a winter cloak. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that it's really bad because they shouldn't have been able to break the wards. There's a thousand years of magic there, and love, and friendship, and happiness. And of course, then Draco thinks it's him. 
Mm-hmm. It must have been him. And poor me. He's be- he's very Eeyore at the beginning of the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm imagining him speaking in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh bother. <laughs> yep. Good afternoon, Eeyore. Good afternoon, Piglet. If it is a good afternoon. Yes, and Hermione says, and it's not your fault either. She's like, you've known me a week and you could already read my mind. It's not like, fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's kind of thinking about stuff and... Uh, he gets to the head of the line. And he's still off in his own mind and he hears... <clears throat> but it's not a uh, froggy voice. Or oh, it's not. A it's not. Voice. It's not him. him. <laughs> it's... <clears throat> And she wants to know if he wants coffee, tea, or hot chocolate. So this is a magical pot, and it will give you whichever you ask for, which I love. Mm-hmm. He wants. Can I chocolate. have one of those? Yeah, I know. I want some hot chocolate. <laughs> that sounds really good. He's like, I guess being married loosened her up some. Oh, no, I'm not doing the images again. Just go away. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. This so he goes one. over to talk to Professor Riddle, who's mm-hmm. been waving him over. Yeah, and he's, he's apparently the Hogwarts counselor. How far just... from Lord Voldemort could you get? <laughs> <laughs> wow, just weird. And he says, you know, Draco says, "I've got dark magic in me." And Tom, well, says, I don't think he said it like that. <laughs> no, he does. He says, "I have dark magic on me." Okay, mm-hmm. which came more easily than he'd expected. And Tom says, "I've heard that." And so Draco's. You know, convinced that he's brought this on them. And uh, Tom asks if he can touch the mark. And he's a little bit afraid, but he tells him he can. And nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And Professor- He has to put on his reading glasses. And Draco tries to imagine Voldemort with glasses. With glasses and it, it just slide off. <laughs> no nose. No nose. <laughs> oh, and the Rays just won. The Rays just beat the Yankees. So now the Rays are going to the World Series, and one of the people on my, one of the people on my, on my um, Twitter, is a Rays fan and a Cardinals fan, and she is like barfing. <laughs> <laughs> She is. She's barfing. <laughs> oh dear! Wow. Yeah. Now Yachty's telling everybody. Wait, 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 wait. Listen, listen, listen. I don't know what I'm supposed to be listening to. No, no. It, our catcher is like, wait, 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 and just announced it, and everybody was like, <laughs> Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two. Professor Riddle says it's odd, very odd. And uh it, and that just totally puts me in mind of Ollivander. You know, sure. with the wands. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, whatever. And and he says, Whoever put this on you, and you'll notice I'm not asking who was quite a good wizard. His craftsmanship in this spell is astounding. Evil, yes, but, you know, really astounding. And he says but it's not been active. I notice it's, yeah, it hasn't been active for the last week, so it's not the reason the wards went down. Mm-hmm. And that makes him feel a lot better. 
Mm-hmm. And Professor Riddle a lot worse. Yeah. He says, it looked familiar somehow. And Draco has to struggle with himself to whether he should tell him anything. Yeah. And he yeah. says, um, I think there's something you should know. <laughs> yeah. So have... he has to go off and think for himself for a bit. All and of McGonagall, this. Minerva, Minerva. Minnie comes over to talk to him. And she's as commanding as, as he is. Yeah. Tom, her voice commanded his attention as surely as it did any of her students. And, you know, you're not the Dark Lord. And he says, I could have been. And she says, yeah, but you're not. And mm-hmm. so... Choices. It's your choices. It's your choices, Tom. They led you down a very different path. And they led him down a different path, too. And, you know, she you says, the same. Okay. Do you think I'm a fool? He's like, uh, no. He says, okay, good for you. So, I married you. I had your children, and we've been together for 50 years. Do you think, really, if you were a Dark Lord, I would still be here? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, all right. <laughs> he says, I knew that you would, what you would do to me if I dared forget. Mm-hmm. She says, oh, nonsense. I like your company too much to exile you to the couch for more than a week. Maybe two. <laughs> He's Says, I was referring to your habit of docking Slytherin exactly as many points as I give them on any particular day. <laughs> oh, really? I've only done that once or twice. A year. Says, A year. <laughs> but I'm sure they deserve it. Always. They always deserve it. <laughs> I can just imagine them doing that. It's kind of fun. They're a little more congenial with each other than Minerva and Snape. Yes. Yeah. There's a little more of a respect. And I think it comes with the fact that they're roughly the same age, whereas Minerva taught Severus Snape. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. always going to be that, like, I, you're never going to be my equal. I yeah. changed your diapers. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> she might have. I marked your essays. <laughs> I knew you when you were 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way back I when. knew you. When you were so afraid of the sorting hat, you peed your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think hat was that bad, but maybe. So well, are we bringing it, our intermission in here, or do we want to keep going? Or? I think we should stop. Yeah. Okay. Think, well, think, about, have... think about what the Weasley, elder Weasley children told the younger Weasley children about the sorting hat. <laughs> well, nobody was there to tell Severus that, though, so. That's true. But it is a talking hat, so it's a little disconcerting, I'm sure. Well, there was his, uh, his mother could have told him things, and his father might have known, so he could have taunted him with things. Hmm, possibly. Anyhow, that brings us to the end of chapter 11, and we're going to have a little bit of an intermission here, and There might be a bit of musical chairs with the hosts, but hopefully we'll all be back and cover the next half of chapters for this podcast. Yep. Yep. See you all momentarily. Yep. We don't have to say goodnight this time. Nope. Not saying it. So we'll just go. A totally unsyncopated version of the syncopated clock. <laughs> oh, were we supposed to be syncopated? Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> okay, we are recording again. So, awesome.
yeah, because I have to put the, you know, maggot story in there. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. And, and what I didn't tell you was, see, this was channeling Ryan and Jen, because the reason that there were maggots in my trash can is mm-hmm. I found a really large dead rat, and I picked him up by his little tail in a towel. Oh, God. And said, hmm, what should I do with him? I'll throw him in the trash, which was a been mistake. I should not have thrown him in the trash. I should have thrown him in the field. But I didn't want him to rot out in the field and let the dog get to him. So I thought, okay, the trash is a better place. But unfortunately, then the maggots come. I need a drink. <laughs> you had rum the other night. Go get some. No, I have not had one. I will go get one. I will be back in a couple minutes. <laughs> if Boone is drinking, I'm going to get the whiskey. All right. I'll get the rum. Hold on. I, I don't even have water. Wait, does rum and apple juice, does that make a good combination? I have no idea. It doesn't sound good to me. I might do vodka and apple juice then. Okay, whatever floats your boat. All right, hold on. I'll be right back. Hi, Scott. Hi, how's it going? It, you know, not too bad. I'm going to be really tired tonight. Because I had to get up so early to go ride the bus, and I have to get up early and do that again tomorrow. Ah, uh, yay. But it was fun. The bus driver's cool. She, like, has this great CD, and she cranks it up, and we sang with all the songs and rocked out on our way to school today. So it was very nice. Hey, there you go. So you guys have rotating turns as designated chaperone or something? Yes. And I haven't had to do it yet because I've been the only teacher in my room. But now that I have a substitute teacher, I get to do it. And it's, you know, it's fine. It, I don't like getting there an hour early. I'd much rather do it like the afternoon gig and not have to get there so early. But it's an extra 45 minutes on my timesheet. So that's not bad. Mm, yeah. I chose a beer instead. Okay. And it's not currently making me miss Guinness. Aww. I know there was a um, question on Melinda's list yesterday. Somebody was asking about beer. Trying to do something in a fic and was asking, and I was like, I, I, sh- I don't know. You should have told me because I don't. I I oftentimes just skim over the, those if I'm busy. Mm-hmm. But she had a whole bunch of answers. So of course, Melinda and I both said we don't drink beer. But mm-hmm. I'm good at beer. I'm Irish and German. What do you want from me? And, and Melinda's like, I like skinny girl. If you want to do margaritas, <laughs> make a skinny girl beer. There you go. Uh huh. No, ew, ew, ew. No, no. <laughs> That's just wrong. I'm waiting for the dog to come. So the door's open. I'm going to freeze pretty soon. But I I'm, know that she'll come and let herself in. And if I don't have the door open, she'll like tear up my shoes. So that's just going to be fun. I did go and tell Peter that we were discussing his fic here. So he went and he's come and talked to people. Mm-hmm. It's always fun. I haven't read that, so I haven't looked at any of the spoiler things. I started it. I got most of the way through it, but it, it was still a work in progress, and so I didn't quite get to it. Mooney, come back! Scott, I had a ball the other night. It wasn't even pulling clips from anything that we, we've done on, on Potterfic Weekly, but I listened to... I had to get the clip of... Um, Galaxy Quest, where they beam up the lizard monster inside out for mm-hmm. the podcast that I'm editing. And I was like, I want to see this again. Well, I don't have time to watch it, but I can listen to the podcast. So I pulled the podcast and I was, I found all these great, great lines. Fun. You and me and Scarlet. 
and and I just so I've got a bunch of stuff for um, an intro. I haven't actually pulled them, but I have them written down in timestamps. And is I things like uh, Scarlet saying that's probably problematic and stuff like that. And you had a couple of really good lines. And so <laughs> insert cheering children here. <laughs> Put, I'll start putting some of them together, and then there's something in the podcast that's coming out, thirty one thirty two that I'm editing, where Kelly and Trisha talk about something, and you say, "Okay, that's going into the intro." So I pull <laughs> that. Uh huh. That podcast at the moment is four hours and fifteen minutes, Ooh. but it has not been truncated. Yes. So it'll probably shrink to three and a half or even less. The one I'm working on, I think, is about 40 minutes or so, and I'm currently 15 something. So I don't have it open anymore, so I can't actually look. But it started out being 51, and then I did truncation, and that was 45, and I've probably edited a certain amount out by now. So, mm-hmm. well, folks, we uh, are back again, adding on to the story that we started last week we have some new faces and some old faces missing and since this is our second go around because i hit the wrong button and didn't record anything last week we're gonna try it again so it's retake number two with trisha and kelly gone and cat and mooney with us hi hi yay yay so we're starting out this section with chapter 12, be careful where you fall asleep. And mm-hmm. Draco is being awkward trying to get out of Gryffindor Tower. Yes. This is one of the things I like about Anne's writing is she usually keeps to the canon conventions that um, a lot of other authors forget about or just don't think to mention. Like in the um, Philosopher's Stone movie, the portrait, the fat lady opens up and there's just another archway for them to go through. But every time it's referenced in the books, it's always called the portrait hole. So here we have Draco struggling through the hole and tripping over it because his foot gets caught. And Gryffindors are always in shape. (laughs) Uh, And that's canon because, you know, we have Dean helping Ginny through the portrait hole and that's why she's mad and doesn't want to talk to him anymore. And Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. So I, I think that that's sticking really close. Mm-hmm. And he spends most of this chapter just sort of trying to find his way to wherever he should sleep. Uh, mm-hmm. The fat lady is no help because she just asks what house he is, what house he's in, and he says, "Well, I'm a Slytherin." And she says, "Well, I'll go to your dorm, obviously." <laughs> Except that uh, Draco Malfoy doesn't exist in this world, so he's still not quite sure. Um, Yes. But anyway, he heads downstairs. Many, many, many stairs. <laughs> <sighs> pant, pant, pant. He, yeah, no wonder the Gryffindors are in shape. And the Ravenclaws, I assume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he goes down and he sees a snakeskin bag. And he's like, wow, somebody left a snakeskin bag on the floor. And then he's like, this is a very long snakeskin bag. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute, this is a snake. And it's a big snake. And it's moving, which yeah. means it's alive. Mm-hmm. And it's also hissing. And he's starting to uh, slightly freak out. And... I would too. Oh, yeah. Can, 
Can I note that sometime between the, the beginning of the story and right now, Draco Malfoy has been told that Tom Riddle is actually a half-blood. Mm-hmm. He which must I have find... learned that in this world because he didn't know it in his own. Right. And one of the other things he's been thinking of as he's making his way downstairs is um, all about how he's learned that and how that would make sense of him making up some silly name if he doesn't want anybody to actually say it. And because um, he was t- thinking about that in an earlier chapter, how it was mm-hmm. weird that Voldemort made up this name and then nobody's allowed to actually say it. But right. um, if he doesn't so, want to be known as a half blood or by his muggle name, then it makes sense that he made up a different name. Mm-hmm. So it's not just any snake, even any big snake, but it's a basilisk. It is. Mm-hmm. And Professor Riddle's like, meet Sangre! <laughs> and he's like, uh, nice to meet you. How do you shake hands with a snake? Uh, yeah. Very carefully. Very carefully. And she's mm-hmm. uh, blind, so that she can't look at them. And uh, he is told to hold out his hand because she wants to meet him. And she's mm-hmm. going to meet him by sniffing him. Yep. And he's not really sure that he likes that idea. But... Yes. And Professor Riddle says, she likes you. And he's like, I wish I could say the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, not everybody's as comfortable with snakes as he is. Oh, okay. Um, and Professor Riddle sends her off. Yes, Apparently, she... she's a really good storyteller, if you happen to understand Parseltongue. Mm-hmm. She's kind of fun. And it comes in just a few paragraphs down, actually, because we hear a small voice uh, getting closer and discover it's Professor Riddle's granddaughter, Diana, Mm -hmm. who wants to come uh, meet him and wants Sangra to tell her a bedtime story. And he says, no, uh, you have to go to sleep. She'll tell you a good morning story tomorrow. Yeah. And she's come to tell him that the baby's coming. So her mommy and her mommy's having a baby right now. In fact. Indeed. We discover that her minder is a nurse by the name of Myrtle. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And since Myrtle is not a ghost in this universe, she's not moaning. No, she's kind of grown out of that phase. Yes. Which is Although she occasionally makes the similar expressions, apparently, because that's how Draco manages to recognize her. (laughs) But she smiles and waves at him when they're leaving, so obviously she's not quite so uh, fixated. Right. And so he finally gets to the the question that he's been wanting to ask. Uh, Sir, where am I sleeping? <laughs> I'm really tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he finds out that he and Cece have a guest suite. And yep. so that's where he has sleeping. to go to the dorms and then uh, down... The second door on the left and straight on to the end of the the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Draco doesn't get the joke. Nope. But we do. Mm -hmm. He gets a sense of it it was a missed joke. He doesn't quite know why. And he also doesn't really know what to make of the fact of Tom Riddle with grandchildren. No. But mm. who would? It's true. Married to Minerva McGonagall. I'm going to cry now. So these are the good-looking, dark-haired grandchildren, not the um, pale, scary grandchildren. (laughs) So not like the Adams family? Mm. 
That's the days of the week song that we do. Yep. Is it? For class, yes. The Wait, days what? of the week. The days of the week. The days of the week. Days of the week. Days of the week. There's Sunday and there's Monday. There's Tuesday and there's Wednesday. There's Thursday and there's Friday. And then there's Saturday. Days of the week. Days of the week. Days of the week. Do any of the kids have any idea where that came from? Not a clue. But it's fun, so they sing it with me. Mm-hmm. It makes me happy. Well, I mean, it, it, yeah. I continuously date myself in Sunday school. Because we're constantly referring... Like, um... We, uh, every other year we show them Contact, the movie about, um, the aliens mm-hmm. and Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, and then they've never heard of this story because it came out in the 90s. And I'm just like, that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I think I actually just saw that a little while ago. If it's the movie I'm thinking of, it came on TV and that was the with, first time I'd seen it. With so. Jodie Foster? Yeah. Yeah, that's the movie. Mm-hmm. Where she starts out as a little girl who's a radio bug. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. is that the one where they're talking about Pensacola, Florida and yes. orange juice? Okay, okay. Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Good, we've all seen it. But okay. um, <laughs> we're going to have to go but- find clips now. <laughs> well, so, um, and Scott, you'll appreciate this, but one of my kids, after watching this, the leader was like, okay, what's the moral of this story? And, and she was like, don't butt dial Vega. <laughs> <laughs> and I was yep. like, the things you say are hilarious. <laughs> we should not be butt dialing anybody. No, butt dialing is bad. Draco mm-hmm. makes it to his room mm-hmm. and his mom is waiting for him. And he is goofy and therefore... therefore Therefore, gets dressed in uh, eight-year-old pajamas. Footy pajamas, <laughs> footies, feety fun. I just want to know if it's got a flap in the back. <laughs> and we learned that they were spelled on the ship so that they didn't really fall asleep properly because they no. didn't want people sleepwalking over the edge. And in his case, if he'd fallen asleep, yeah. he would have woken up in his own world several thousand feet in the air, which is, which is bad. Yeah, not good. <laughs> Splat! Oh, sorry. <laughs> it, it would kind and, of ended the story early had he done that. And, yeah. No, really? Okay, we're and done. I, sorry. Hope you enjoyed the story, folks. <laughs> and then, of course, I'm the only one who's like cheering in the corner because, again, I hate Draco Malfoy. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine Lucius doing his finding trick and uh, uh, Voldemort would be like, yes, he's somewhere over Scotland. Uh, oh, wait. Um, <laughs> I seem to have lost him. I wonder what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did. Um, but I, I, I do... <laughs> I do love uh, the spell Scorgifus Menthe. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And the minty it, fresh spell, as we find out in a later chapter. <laughs> I mean, through sci-fi and fantasy, there are so many other, like, there are so many interesting ways to clean your teeth. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, from from bugs to, like, various, like, just teeth cleaning charms that don't have words, I love that she put, like, a name to it. And this is the chapter where we really get some confirmation, as if we needed it, that um, he is physically traveling worlds because mm-hmm. we have Sissy watch him disappear. He has right. his Yoda moment. 
there is no reward. <laughs> and then he's getting a little confused. Well, he's not dead. <laughs> no, Aww. it's not quite a Yoda moment, but quite similar. <laughs> he's not going to show up glowing blue or anything, but no, yeah, you know. And Draco gets a bit confused because he's dreaming that he's in an empty Hogwarts and wandering around, and nobody's there for some reason. Mm-hmm. He goes down to the kitchens, and the elves are kind of shocked to see him, but he gets a sandwich, uh, you know. <laughs> and then um, he overhears the Caros and Severus looking for someone. And he's like, hmm, I wonder who they could be looking for. This is a rather odd dream. And then they mention Lucius and Narcissa. And he's like, oh, wait. <laughs> Something's wrong. Something's wrong. I like the little phrase that Anne uses here. Dream and reality did an acrobatic act within Draco's mind that he bit down on a loose mouthful of his robes to keep from shouting. <laughs> it's me. They're looking for me. I've gone missing. And so he's really getting some confirmation that something more is happening than just dreams because he's not going to sleepwalk to Scotland. <laughs> I hope not. Nope. I wonder if you can use the flu in your sleep. I'm guessing no. Uh, yeah. Cause well, too much. You have to be able to say a destination. Step correctly. I mean, people and... talk in their sleep and yeah, drive in their sleep. and what's What are the odds that you would actually get flu powder, get into the fire, and actually say something clearly enough to get back out in a, in a different place. Actually, okay, I'll, I'll say this. It's plausible, but it's about as plausible as people driving in their sleep, like, completely safe. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's probably been done, but it's probably really rare. Right. Mm-hmm. There's, there's something wrong with you. I'm imagining um, these places with really obscure flu names that are just set up to catch this sort of thing and they have like <laughs> dormitories where people just come and sleep up coming out to this place oh we've got another sleepwalker okay ship him over there the mumble flu there you go no getting ideas thank you you're very welcome Plot bunnies, plot bunnies! Uh, I can't have plot bunnies this close to NaNoWriMo! I know! Yep, that's when we recorded it. (laughs) He figures out what's going on, and so he's got to... He doesn't want to get caught. And so he casts a spell up the stairs, and they think they see him. Because the Karos are as smart as they are in canon in, in this story, so he's fooled them. Yeah, sends them off after an illusion. Yep, off after a hair. Except that Snape is not so easily fooled and pauses on the middle of the staircase. And when he looks down again, he can see Draco's head wherever he's hiding behind. Right. But rather than um, specifically catch him, he just follows him to the kitchens where he flews out and checks that he was actually going home and not somewhere else, and then says, okay, I'm going to file this away as more ammunition against the Karos if I need it. <laughs> I do I do have to say I love, again, I love Anne. Uh, Anne has these way, this way of putting little hints toward the magical world. Like, he seems well and whole, well enough certainly, to send us chasing after a wild fooper. And which is very much a ma- magical, you know, world. If you uh, read Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, a Fooper is in there. And mm-hmm. it is a? I don't know. 
Okay. I just know it's my. Do you want me to go get my book? Because it's no. like across the room, and I'm, I'm too lazy to get up. I think that's the bird that makes you go mad if you hear its song or something like that. Uh, yeah. Or that else it's right. the one that um, stores up everything it ever hears and then releases it all backwards. Mm-hmm. Possibly both. I'm not sure. Okay. The, the first one sounds right. Mm-hmm. So he stumbles out of the flu. And he's coughing and spitting because he forgot rule number one. Keep your mouth shut in the flu. Do not breathe in the ash. And of course, my reaction is, there are rules? How did Harry not know this? Why didn't they teach him? Well, they were saying about seven different things at once when he was first sent through the flu, so... This is true. Minor fun tangent. If If you look up the little... If you look up the Fwooper, its little drawing that goes with it looks very much like the Hyde version of Tweety from those Warner Brothers cartoons. Uh-huh. He's a killer! Help! Save me! Ah, ah, ah! He's a killer! Help! When, when Tweety goes evil, that's a Fwooper, except it's I got a long tail. Cartoon. So Lucius finds him and he's like, okay, I've got to come up with something. He has a minute of panic, Draco does, and then he's got... In- inspiration no one saw him they can't prove anything and he looks at him and he says what i'm not allowed to go for a walk in the morning without telling you and lucius is like a walk is one thing but leaving the grounds without permission and draco says i don't need your permission i'm of age i don't need your permission and of course lucius says the same thing that all parents everywhere have said as long as you're living under my roof you will follow my rules Draco's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, they have a bit of a spat, and then Lucius crosses a line and mm-hmm. hits him because he's not listening. He's being a snarky git. And then they basically ground him to his room and say that he will take dreamless sleep just to make sure he doesn't sleepwalk anywhere where it's unsafe, don't you know? Mm-hmm. And ladies and gentlemen, this is not how you keep your son in the same universe as you. <laughs> but they don't no, know that. Really. That's true. But it is rather fortuitous for him because he doesn't think it through. He's right. devastated about this. He thinks, I'll never get to see the people that I've come to love again, uh, which is a horrible thing. But if he actually had fallen asleep that night and gone back to the manor, it would have been a manor that was overrun by Dementors, which is Mm -hmm. not so great. No. No, Not quite what he would have enjoyed at all. But fortunately, uh, some people in that universe are thinking of this and have a plan to let him know. Right. Actually, two different groups of people um, simultaneously have a plan to let him know, but Ray and Nini get theirs off first. (laughs) (laughs) They're just faster. So uh, Needy comes in with one of his cloaks, and they use that for something that he had worn. They need that for the spell. And they start tracing runes in the air and working together. And for as much as they tend to fight and bicker, they work very well in tandem together. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure part of that's the twin thing, but also just because of how advanced that they both are. Yeah, well, they're both I've seen, people. You'll see this in a lot of fics that are based on canon. Um, that even though they hate each other, 
they they're both so smart and like good at school that they work as a team really well mm-hmm. and they both know a lot of magic so it becomes like they're the best team at hogwarts mm-hmm. this is where a lot of draco hermione fix will go and mm-hmm. other things of that sort draco anybody really be something that they end up being forced to work together on and then they discover that they like each other more than they think and so on and so forth. One thing that I find interesting, sort of backtracking, I guess, I always found it a little weird that there's a spell uh, that Tom Riddle uses to draw letters in the air and that there's a spell for that. And I think it would make a lot of sense if it's actually a spell for something like this, where you would draw runic spells, mm. and that's what the fiery letters are for. He's just not using any magical symbols when he's drawing his name with them. Mm-hmm. So, something like that. I like that, too. I also like the phrase, there's a spell for that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there's a spell for lots of things. So then we cut back to Draco in his room and he is having a fit of temper yes which includes shouting himself hoarse hurling loose objects around the room and crying throwing himself on the bed and crying and wishing that he had small he's having a tantrum yeah earlier we talked about him being eight and getting his footed pajamas and he's acting about six right now i'd say or maybe Mm -hmm. even four (laughs) i would say four yeah He's still Draco Malfoy. He is. And I love that whenever we talk about him, we call him Draco Malfoy. Draco Malfoy. Did someone say Draco Malfoy? What else are you supposed to call him? Uh, Draco. Yeah, well, we he do. hasn't earned that yet. Okay. That makes sense. He's upset and he's trying to figure it out. And he's decided that he's going to write down his impressions of the other world that he is starting to believe may not have actually been a dream. And so he's got some parchment and stuff and he is, he doesn't want to forget anything. Right. So he doesn't want to forget he's writing it all down. And Oh look, there's a lunch tray and a chamber pot yes. breakfast tray, I guess. since he just got back from mm-hmm. overnight. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it turns out it's from Narcissa because Lucius would never think of that. Of course. Yeah. She says, okay, I managed to get you these things. Uh, please don't make him mad because, yeah. And there should be a chance that you can get back to school if you don't escalate things. Mm-hmm. And so that gives him a little relief because he figures once he's there, he can get out of this dreamless sleep thing and go and see the people at the other Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And she also lets him know that if he refuses to drink his dreamless sleep potion, it will be forcibly spelled into him in a more unpleasant manner. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Which last week we took as magical enemas. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. And, ooh, that just makes me uncomfortable thinking about it. <laughs> well, it's, he's the one who starts that. Well, what's a guy do? Uh, actually, I don't think I want to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, as he's, you know, going through all these different things, a piece of parchment, wisp-like piece of parchment, kind of appears on the floor next to him. But he is so intent on what he's doing, he doesn't notice it. Yeah, he's alternately writing stuff and sulking. I love how he starts his diary, just because Lucius is so formal and and proper and, you know, would never let his son ever read fantasy. 
and yet he starts his, you know, his story as Once Upon a Time. Mm. It's just like, yay! I love Once Upon a Time! It so. sets, definitely sets him apart from his father. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are more and more things that are starting to do that. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, while he's writing on his scroll, somebody else is looking at a different scroll in the other world. You can't get to me, can you? Well, well, of course, Sue, because if, you, if she didn't make noise, then how would you know she was home? I, not to mention you opened the door, so now it's going to get even colder in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can you not then close the door now that she's in it? it that would involve actually getting up. Oh. Mm. And yes. The couch, podcasting on the couch is very nice because it doesn't bother my knee. Mm-hmm. But the couch is an old futon couch. And so I am literally six inches off the ground because it is sunk. It's one of the ones that swallows you. Yeah. So getting up is an ordeal. Ah. <laughs> so yeah, getting up to close the door would be You need really a tough. long pole or something you can reach for I'm stuff with. I'm looking around to see what I have. I have like stuffed animals I could throw. <laughs> I don't think they'd close the door, probably. They might. Let's see. You you need to teach Bonnie how to close the door after her? Yeah, that didn't work at all. <laughs> I don't know. My cousin's dog learned to open the door on her own. Well, that's what she, she did. She opened the door all by herself. She, The cat chewed a hole in it so the cat could get in and out. And then she <laughs> sticks her foot in the hole and opens the door. My huh? cat knows how to open doors. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, yeah. And speaking of the cat, Desi has arrived. Hello, Desi. Uh oh, we lost Scott. I was we like, never, "What? We what never lose Scott." Wait, what happened? What is this? Losing Scott? I don't understand this concept. No, <laughs> no, this is not okay. Pouncer, yes, I understand that I was gone for twelve days. Stop bugging me. I there don't. Hi. Hi, yes. Scott. Hi. Dropping off knocked out my entire internet briefly. Oh. I can see you typing. I can't believe that would ever happen to you, Scott. I think you're lying. <laughs> really? I know. It's such a novelty, isn't it? Just, yeah. Dropping from the internet. What is this? Please don't stare at me. <laughs> the time that again, that's, that was the awesome. <laughs> that's Desi. Who's crawled up next to me and is purring loudly, staring at me. (laughs) (laughs) But the the timing on that was awesome. Thank you, (laughs) Do my best work this way. Just before the connection came back, I was just about to tell you that um, I assumed it was just me that dropped because apparently everything had quit moving and my message was refusing to go and yours was refusing to show up, so... (laughs) I was also watching your pencil uh, indefinitely. <laughs> Aww. I know. I could, I'm like, oh, we dropped him. And I hit it. And it's like, do-do-do. Not online. I'm like, no, I can see him. He's writing. I know he's online. <laughs> Try it again. Do-do-do-do. Not online. I'm like, hmm, something's wrong here. Something's yep. wrong. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> We're way off course. Alright, now that we're done with all of this and we'll be cutting almost all of that out. Oh, uh, come on! Where are we? What were we doing? I don't remember. Oh, no, wait. We have, we finished the Once Upon a Time. Yes, just after Once Upon a Time. Okay. Yeah. And Abby comes in and wants to know what's going on. 
because she's kind of feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. So Ceci has her read out the prophecy that she's working on. She's looking over. Right. And can we name the universes? Can we what? Can we like name the universes? Okay. Or do we not need to? I don't know. I don't know. Could... There's, you know, canon verse, DH verse, or whatever. Um, but I'm not sure what you call the other one. Alternate universe, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Great gopher holes. It slipped my mind. That's not allowed. Not allowed to make sense. <laughs> so anyway. we have a prophecy that is apparently about Draco and seems to say some things that they recognize but given the nature of prophecies will probably turn out to have nothing whatsoever to do with what they think it is <laughs> Right. <laughs> you never know a lot of it is Anne playing with the names of people and various phrases that work with those names but and, you, and it is a little bit difficult to put together until you get to the end but i do love Anne did not put the prophecy in italics she did not we can actually read it it's not in italics so yep the only italics things are the thoughts mm-hmm. so yes. you do still want to read those but yeah <laughs> it's usually good to read the thoughts so they decide that it's probably Draco that this prophecy is talking about, but they're not quite sure. Mm-hmm. And then... It says serpent instead of dragon, but they figure, you know, the constellation is a snake, so kind of works. Mm-hmm. And he's a Slytherin. And they kind of try and work out a few things about it. Yes. But... And then she thinks, oh no, if he falls asleep, he's going to end up back with the Dementors, and that's not going to work. And she's sort of in a panic trying to figure out what to do, and she kind of says, okay, we'll need some clothes. We can maybe set up a spell to get something to him, and Danger comes up behind her and says, ah, yeah, somebody already did that. (laughs) (laughs) And we also learn that Everyone has apparently made it out of the manor without getting kissed, which is nice. Yep, and apparently a first. Mm-hmm. Always in the past, somebody was kissed. That's so depressing. Yeah. Well, it would have been sassy, except for Draco coming back. And then we have the parchment. And so they kind of settle around the parchment to watch it to see what's going to happen and hope that Draco sees it soon because they don't think it's very strong and that it's liable to fall apart at any point mm-hmm. it's cross universe instant messaging mm-hmm. they can write on the parchment and so can he kind of fun mm-hmm. and they're just settling in to watch because I guess they're figuring he's going to find it soon I don't know <laughs> sooner or later and he finishes what he's doing because we've crossed back to him now and he sits down his scroll and he, you know, stretches out his hand because he's been writing forever. And he kind of gets up and starts moving around. And all of a sudden, he sees some parchment on the floor. And he's like, wow, I must have dropped this. But gee, it sure came a long way. It floated pretty far away from my desk. And he reaches down to pick it up and he can't. It's ghost parchment. Ghost paper. <laughs> <laughs> and so he draws on his first year spell knowledge and uses Wingardium Leviosa mm-hmm. to bring it somewhere he can read. Mm-hmm. It's Leviosa! <laughs> Swish and Flick. Yes, he remembers P- Professor Flitwick's voice in his head. Yes. 
apparently it doesn't fall through things, just people. Right. Because he can put it on his desk as long as he levitates it there. And Which is acceptable. Like go through the floor, so that makes ouch. Well, this is acceptable as like an accepted practice in sci-fi and fantasy is when you cross dimensions or realities, depending on the episode, you will not fall through the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can pass through walls. You can like do a lot, but you will not pass through the floor. I still think that would be fun to do sometimes. <laughs> just turn on the little machine and then fall three stories. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Or go hurtling out into space. Mm. I can imagine this parchment, you know, falling through the air on, in Draco's room and then uh, down through the dungeons and through Bellatrix's head or something. That giveaway that game. <laughs> Yeah. Oops would be an understatement. Just a little bit. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's got settings against that somehow. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of stealing himself up to read it because he doesn't want to get his hopes up. You know, it could be something else. It doesn't have to be what it looks like, mm-hmm. except he can't really think of anything else it could be. So uh, anyway, he's going to read it. And that's where we sw- shift chapters. Yes. Be careful what you try to say. And we find them saying, don't fall asleep without dreamless sleep or something like it. Because if you do, you're going to wake up back at our house. And that's where the Dementors are. And that's not where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Well, well, isn't it handy? He has a pile of dreamless sleep at hand. It is. Thank you, Lucius. Ha <laughs> You said you were being mean. But really, you're playing right into our hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it goes on to say, if you can make it to Hogwarts... For uh, Ray and Nini's coming of age on Friday, that would be cool. And also for Harry's uh, the following Wednesday. Mm. Those aren't at Hogwarts. Those are the two occasions you might actually find people at the manor again. But otherwise, they're all at Hogwarts. That's right. If you can't make it to Hogwarts, I can't read. I'm being distracted because I have claws going in and out of my arm. That's always My problem is my internet is not quite working so i can't actually get to the next chapter i'm Uh-oh. probably gonna have to close down firefox and restart it because it does do this freezing thing every now and then mm-hmm. and they tell him how he can write back to him with this little instant messenger thing <laughs> and yeah this is fun because he casts the spell as directed and a little quill icon appears in the top of the parchment, which he's already cleaned off of everything they said. Mm-hmm. He says, hmm, what's that for? And it writes out, hmm, what's that, that for? for? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So then he kind of thinks about it. And we switch back to the other universe. And Abby's asleep, but the rest of the crew is sitting there waiting. And they see the little quill start to write. We have contact. Yes. First contact. And he's, you know, saying, I thought this was a dream, but now I'm realizing it's not. Instead, I'm missing people and and I'm thinking, sorry, I was looking at whatever you sent. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm missing everyone and thinking, and I suppose, you know, it's just dreams and it set off my magic, but I don't really think that's true. And, you know, I have changed. Mm -hmm. So... If If nothing else, this parchment showing up has given him some proof. Mm -hmm. Because he's pretty sure he doesn't know how to do that. So it's not something he's making up. Right. 
And, you know, if this is true, if you are real, then it changes everything I ever thought I knew. And I want to be more like you than like my family here. So. Aww. Yeah. And he goes through and tells them about the arrangement with the dreamless sleep. And so he's probably not going to be able to see them for a while. He doesn't know how that's going to work. Uh, but he's hoping maybe Lucius will change his mind at some point and mm-hmm. he'll not be able bloody to likely. Okay. You know, it, it has happened occasionally, once or twice a decade, you know. <laughs> and then he sort of catches himself, I guess, because the parchment is starting to crumble and he starts to say, Mom, if you're there, I love. And of course, that's when. There's no more parchment. Which I, I will say I liked because it was too early on in the series for Draco to say I love you to anybody. I suppose. It's still a fairly cliche thing to have happen. Um, not that specifically. I don't think I've ever read anything with a crumbling piece of parchment before. But people get interrupted in that particular phrase a lot of mm-hmm. times. <laughs> it is it is cliche, but I, I don't mind it because oftentimes it's interrupted in a place where it's way too early in the story for anybody to say I love you. Because, like, mm. love is a really big word and it should be taken seriously and not thrown around. We're only... We're a little more than 10% into the story mm-hmm. and he's received a huge shock and... His entire mindset has changed, and I, I am willing to accept that. But for him to completely do a 180 just is is not – he's not ready for it yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, he thought he was. But it was it – was, it's definitely an impulse thing. It's not something he would have said ordinarily, but he thinks he might not have a chance to ever see these people again. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, it's, you get a little bit of a Doctor Who moment there because that's – one of the things I can think of where they do the same thing anyway. I'm sure there are many other places. But yeah. So both Draco and Ceci are much dismayed that this has broken off in the middle of that. Right. And she danger sort of comforts her, and he just um, has another tantrum. <laughs> as, I, as I sit here humming Aida. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> he starts um, counting just to sort of calm himself down mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. He has learned the steps, the calming down steps, which is very good. And he's actually, he's pacing and counting. So he's, uh, it reminds me of, you know, a prisoner in a cell. And, you know, one, two, mm-hmm. three, four, five, turn around. One, two, you know, and that's pretty much what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he's that's basically what he feels. in a cell. Or what somebody, uh, an, an urban p- person in particular, will do on a uh, public transportation like train platform. I do this all the time because you're waiting for the L and you can't do much, so you you pace. Especially when it's like in Chicago, it gets to negative thirty, and on, on a second story platform, it's damn cold. Mm-hmm. And you so have to keep moving. Still. Right. Because if you stand still, you will, like, at that point, freeze. And yeah. so just, like, the whole pacing thing is very much so- something that someone I would know or me would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and he's, you know, upset, and it's not fair, and, you know, my world is falling apart, and now I have to take this stupid dreamless sleep, and I'm going to be drugged, and then he thinks, well, 
why don't I just take it now? Because I don't want to be awake anymore. And so mm -hmm. he kind of decides that he's going to do it. Yep. So yeah. He's going to try and turn his sleep schedule so that he can sleep normally at the time when he should be showing up for the coming-of-age party um, by shifting his sleep schedule with the dreamless sleep. I was He's never sure able to work, but I was never able to put this in my head. How so? Well, I mean, maybe it's because like I deprive myself of sleep and I sleep like 6 to 7 hours a night at most. But like I, I can't see yourself like sleeping for sleep and then sleeping more. Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. Unless I'm really deathly sick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his plan is is to try to sleep when his normal, although he's going to switch the schedule, but sleep his normal time, and then take this dreamless sleep and sleep again. But that would only work like once or twice, and then you would be so well rested through the dreamless sleep that you wouldn't be able to force yourself asleep in a regular. Well, even on a regular, night, I can't sleep sixteen hours. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can. That might be some special talent of yours, but I can't. But if you did your regular sleep and you slept yes. your six hours and then yes. you took dreamless sleep that drugged you for eight or ten hours, then that would have you sleeping at 16 hours. Well, well, I mean, this is I, I can't because I don't take drugs, but right. Congratulations, Scott. You won the <laughs> yeah, I saw that. likely to podcast on narcotics award yesterday. Yay. And I got one vote. I'm like. Apparently, people think I'm very likely to 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 podcast on narcotics. I'm like, hmm. Yep. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I'm interested by this. <laughs> so sorry, tangent. Just had to throw that in there. Um, I mean, you of course can't quite understand it because no, I just you throw don't off have and then... that kind of magical System. elixir. But think of it this way: say you went to bed. And you slept your normal six hours. Okay. And then something happened and you had to go to the hospital and they sedated you. Okay. You would sleep I as guess. long as they, but then waking back up, you wouldn't be able to go back to sleep in a regular sleep schedule. So it would work mm -hmm. once. I, I, I see what you're saying, but like, I don't think there's a real um, equivalent for me. I just have a special system. What can I say? Um, we always knew you were a special cat. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I, I guess I could see it like if I slept six hours and then for some reason I drank a lot. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, drank enough that I just fell asleep. Mm -hmm. I could see that happening. Kind of. But what he's doing here is force it, using the potion to force himself to sleep in the middle of the day so that then he'll be used to doing that and can just fall asleep normally in the middle of the day. See, th this is what makes me, this is what, like, what weirds me out. Because, so if you take the potion in the middle of the day, um, you would wake up at like 5 p.m. and you wouldn't be tired. Right. Mm-hmm. So, then so, so how you are you stay awake through the night. Yeah, he's staying awake through the night and then going back to sleep in the morning. But so, how would you be <laughs> tired enough to stay awake 
to fall asleep at night naturally. But see, he's not trying to fall asleep at night naturally. He's no, but he's when, he does, fall asleep. when he does, when he does, because eventually he'll want to because it'll be Hermione and Ray's birthday, and he'll want to cross over at night because it it happens at midnight. The crossover happens at midnight. I think he's just sort of flopping back and forth with the potion or something. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how it um, works, but my own sleep schedule has bounced around enough times. I'm sure it's possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm so, just saying I, I get know. confused by this point. Like it just kind of it it loses me for a second. I yeah. was totally content and wasn't confused at all until you until you started <laughs> talking about it, and now I have no <laughs> clue what's going on. So yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at, at that. Rate. What can I say? You All are right. special. We've decided that already. <laughs> is so that going to be the, the title universe. of the podcast? Yes, Cat is special. Abby has woken up. <laughs> oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. She does not have Dreamless Sleep Potion. No. And wants to know if Draco wrote back. And they explain what has gone on. And mm-hmm. we learn a little bit more about their history and way of life, the fact that um, Dementors would kill off a lot of children before they finally worked out how to do the wards the way that they do. And so that's why there are so many children in Abby's generation, but the one before, there aren't very many. Right. Because everyone got used to having kids. Mm, kids. Everyone would have lots of kids so that some of them would survive. And then the next generation has kept that up, even though um, they're all surviving now. Mm-hmm. And, That's so yeah. depressing. Yeah, it's really sad that you would have lots of babies because you know that they're going to die. Well, mm-hmm. they actually well, they don't die. That's what people did. Well, it's like well, I know, um, I know, they don't but... die. But it's no, well, the equivalent of dying. They turn into yes. dementors. So, you know, not they so great. Into, wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> they turn into soulless beings. Yes. I was like, they, they're zombies now? Like, <laughs> Apparently. No, not quite. I guess we haven't got to this point yet. We'll, we'll get back to that later. But, um, yes, it is. It is um, You're getting ahead for, of yourself, Scott. Yes, I am. It's true. It's for a lot of, it's for... A whole different set of reasons, but it is quite similar to um, the last century or so for us, because uh, our parents and/or grandparents or the generation before that would always have lots of kids because you needed. For, well, for one, there were a lot of childhood illnesses, so you would have a number of them that wouldn't make it either, mm-hmm. even through infancy or through childhood. So you're having lots of kids so that you still have some. And also, you needed lots of kids to uh, help work the farm or whatever else you were doing. Right. It was your mm-hmm. source of labor was to have a big family right. or free else labor. a lot of neighbors. Forced, did you say forced labor? No, free labor. <laughs> right. And the, um, so I know I've talked about this before, but we had the hundred-year party here with the uh, descendants of the people that first built the house that I live in. And they had told us that if the kids did anything wrong or, you know, got in trouble for any reason, the punishment was to have to sit and do needlepoint. And it didn't matter if it was a boy or a girl. 
they sat and they did this exquisite. I mean, they're just beautiful. I've seen some of the quilts. They're called red and white quilts, and they have different um, characters on them and then different words. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, not only did the kids have to work on the farm and dig out the stumps and, you know, raise the apples and do all the different things that they did here, but they were also forced into doing the embroidery and things like that when they got in trouble. And apparently, <laughs> that one was of the, punishment detail, huh? Yeah. One of the boys snuck out the window to go to a football game and on his way back in, <gasps> fell out of the tree and broke his leg. <gasps> so he was caught, needless to say, and he spent a lot of time embroidering because he didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm sure he yes. got really good. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Gives you something to do with your hands, I guess. Yeah. Busy yeah. hands keep you out of trouble. Yep. Most At of the any time. rate, they... Yes. Not always, but... At any rate, they're getting things to... um, Sorry, go ahead. I was... Yeah. I I do like how he he starts talking to his potion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Draco is a little bit nuts. Well, it's like me talking to a cat. You're only nuts if they answer back. (laughs) This is true. I mean, I talk to my computer and things sometimes, but that's usually when they're not working. It's... I mean... Yeah. I think when you when you live alone and you have nothing and no one to talk to, you just talk to. Hey, your, what? Mm-hmm. Never nothing mind. No I'm kidding. I'm kidding. To talk to in real life that speaks back in a voice, not in text. Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's a certain I need amount to hear, of. I need. I need to hear some kind, kind of sound. Mm-hmm. There needs mm-hmm. to be noise, mm-hmm. which yeah. is often why I'll like watch TV shows on DVD in the background. Why I like follow so many. T- TV shows because it becomes a good background noise for people who just live alone and only see their friends talking to them in a textual format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I I do like this little exchange though. It's true because Draco is sort of staring at the potion and he says, "I'm going to get around you. Wait and see. You can't beat me that easily." The potion remained a potion. great now i'm really losing it yeah and i loved i don't know if this was intentional or not but then there was a there's a mention of the draco draco's things on his desk seem to be multiplying i'm just like it's bella's vaults I don't know. My friends used to swear in high school that her t-shirts, her black t-shirts, would multiply when she wasn't looking. The dust writing implements just do that, you know. Like there, there are pencils and pens all over the place, and you never know where you're going to find one. You know, at least it's not animals multiplying like it suits. Oh, jeez, <laughs> that is true. Hey, we have baby fish. It's very exciting. Are these the ones that like eat the bugs? They're the goldfish. Okay. No, not the mosquito eaters. Goldfish. The goldfish actually raised babies this year. Yay! Which is pretty amazing. Yay. So, and uh, yeah, that's about all I'm I'm reading at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sure, Sue. <laughs> I'll never say what else is growing around here. <laughs> really? Wow. You have dumpsters in your basement. <laughs> um. 
no, it's um, uh, 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 in San Diego. All right. Oh, that took Wait, a you have, you have you have Danielle in your basement? Don't tell Ryan. <laughs> She's cooking for me. <laughs> that just made it worse. <laughs> That's okay. Wolfie's in Boston. I'm like, did you call Ryan? No. Call Ryan. <laughs> I have to make that call soon. I'm very excited. Oh? I'm going out to see my brother soon. And he lives in Cambridge. Nice. I take it that's near Boston? Yes. Cambridge is across the river from Boston. Cambridge is where Harvard is. Boston is where MIT is. Okay. Um. <laughs> I have smart people in my family. Leave me alone. <laughs> Cambridge is in England, you see, so that's why I was um, a little curious. But there are a lot of duplicate cities around, so yeah. Oh yeah, yes, you go Scott. to Pennsylvania, you but can go I'm, to Rome. Yes, Scott, I'm going to go to Cambridge, England, and call Ryan if he wants and see if he wants to have lunch. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just get on his private jet, you know, it'll be fine. Yeah. And Draco's pretty creative with his um, little amount of stuff that he has. He manages to have a bath, basically, mm-hmm. or a shower with his water pitcher because it's a renewing water pitcher. And he transfigures himself a little stand and some soap and all sorts of different things. And I didn't realize you could transfigure your soap. soap. Closet. No, I yeah. can see the rest of it, but soap's a little. Uh, I'm not sure about that one. Maybe yeah, what, he just, well, what he like, did was he he. It says he had a few minutes intense thought about the linen closet on the first floor, which he's familiar with because he always hid from Lucius in there, and he managed to transport a bar of soap from there to his room. Yeah, that's he different than actually it. transfiguring it. So yeah. Yeah. So I, I, if, if, if any of you have ever, ever like camped anywhere for like a full week away, this is a way to do a shower is you like buy jugs of water mm-hmm. and you like, you have this like stand thing and then you put it through like a hose and then you can like make a shower, a regulated shower for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you have a big enough reservoir that, and it's warm enough, you can actually have warm water. Yes. Wow. We but just we jumped in the lake. Fancy. Yeah. There, but sweetie, if there's if it's like Illinois and there's no lake. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. Did, did I tell you guys this tangent? Did I tell you guys the uh, camping shower story? I told uh, you. Uh, you told me. I told somebody not too long ago. So mom and I went bird watching, and we were tent okay. camping. So we went to Eastern Oregon, and we were tent camping, and we managed to the first place we stayed. Didn't have a shower, but there was a campground nearby that you could go and pay $5 and go take a shower. So we did that. And then we moved to a different spot. And while we were moving to a different spot, we're like, okay, we have to find a place with a shower. It's been a couple of days. We need a shower. Now we went to one place and it was just a zoo. It was supposed to be a hot spring. And it was what I wouldn't give to go in one. Yeah. But it was like a swimming pool and there were 4,000 people in it. And it was like, yeah. So we said, no, that's not what we want. So we drove down until we found another campground and it was just a little, you know, regular campground. And we pulled in and this man came up to us and he's like, hi, I'm the camp host. Really? He was the camp drunk, but whatever. 
so he said that's really cool um you know we want to camp here and he's like oh yeah come on in more the merrier it's fun we said are there showers here he said no but if you drive five miles down this road you're going to hit a town and about halfway through the town there's going to be this big square building with lots of animal antlers on it you can't miss it it's the only building with animal antlers in the whole town oh my and you go in there and it costs five dollars and you get the best shower you ever had and they even throw in a towel we're like okay cool that works so we set up our tent we got back in the car we drove to town to get our shower and we found the place no problem and we walked around the building literally three times trying to find the door in we couldn't find it we finally figured out how to get into the building and we walked in and we said, you know, we were told that you have showers. Oh, yes, we have showers. We were told that you have, that we get towels. Oh, no, towels are an extra dollar. Well, that's not what the camp drunk told us. Oh, well, I gave it to him for free because he looked like he needed it. Okay, fine. So we go back to the car. We get our towels. We stand in line in the hallway waiting for the showers. And there's two showers being used. Mm-hmm. And as the shower turns off, you hear this. <laughs> And mom looked at me and went, you can shower first. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> so I got to shower Ew. in the loogie shower. Oh, did you bring your shower shoes? I did have shower shoes, yes. Okay, okay. At least you Which was those. good because the floor was literally under an inch of water. You couldn't get dressed oh. without getting wet. Oh, that's gross. It was just, but anyhow, so. I got to show her first, and I went out to the car to get away from the creepy people. I was sitting there watching, and there walks by the car in front of me a person with one arm. I'm like, hmm, this is an interesting town. And then a three-legged dog went by the other way. I was like, hmm, this is a really interesting town. And then somebody else with no leg went by. I'm like, all right, I think it's time to leave. They're eating people in this town. <laughs> oh, my goodness, it's a story. Uh, it was it was really funny, <laughs> but it was really <laughs> scary too. And apparently, it was a town that had a lot of truffle mushrooms, and so all the mushroom pick- pickers came from miles and miles around. And you know, they're kind of scary people that live really rough, and that's mm-hmm. what all of these people were that had shown up to play pool and take showers in this little town. That's my that's my shower story we, we've never been back to that little town we don't even really remember where it is but it was an experience <laughs> i guess so yep but we were clean and we were happy even though it was a scary place <laughs> so, all right back to the fic <laughs> Draco's had a shower. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> and he figures, okay, there's nothing else he needs to do. Might as well have the dreamless sleep. Mm-hmm. So he takes his potion and he's thinking about the other world as he does so. I'm not oh, sure if that but wait, has an Scott, effect or not. He, but. he toasts Lucius as he does it. Indeed. Here's to you, Lucius. Shove it up your own damned arse. So then he drinks it. Yes. And And then something weird happens. Because rather than just going dark, there's some streaks of light and he trips on something and he is in the Hogwarts library Mm -hmm. with some people he recognizes. Yes. He says, hey, look, I'm back. Mom, it's all right. And passes through her shoulder. He's like, "Hmm, okay, this is different. It's like astral travel. Mm Mm-hmm. 
He's become the ghost parchment. Yeah. The ghost of Christmas past. Yep. And she feels the coldness and is like, hmm, this is odd. And says something to Danger. Do you feel this one spot in the room that's cold too? And Danger's like, yeah, I do. It's like it's like there's a ghost there, except ghost. we would be able to see them. The only one who's impolite enough not to show up is Peeves, and if it was Peeves, <laughs> then we'd be wearing some sort of thing, yeah. probably. And so, hmm. and Danger is a very intuitive here and works out what's going on, and basically says, if you're a traveler from another universe, uh, put the cold spot over here. <laughs> <laughs> And they figure out it's him. If your name is Draco Malfoy, put your hand over here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then they figure out that... Well, first they play their version of Blink Once for Yes and Twice for No. Mm -hmm. But uh, with cold spots. And then Cece figures out that she can, if he sits on her lap, that they can kind of merge together and share, share their thoughts. And she makes an Oedipus joke. Yes, she does. Which he finds disgusting. (laughs) So would I. As Mm -hmm. would I. But they work out, yes, she can actually hear him. Um, And they also work out that he can sit on chairs, Mm kind of like the parchment. He doesn't fall through things, just people. Right. Although I think he can walk through walls. So there's another one of those selective... uh, usefulness things <laughs> it's sci-fi canon pr- practically it's just it's accepted everywhere right i still think they should do it with the chair even if even if they keep the floors solid so because it's kind of hard to film somebody falling through every floor in some place mm-hmm. uh, they should have somebody try and sit down and uh, sit on the floor you yeah. should write that one shot <laughs> There you go. Just write write an alternate take to this scene with Draco <laughs> falling through the chair. Draco falls through the chair. <laughs> oh no! Slapstick. Yeah. And this nope. this just reminds me of this time back in college, where we were sitting in the common room, and one of my housemates um, tried to sit in a chair and missed it. I'm not entirely sure how or why. And one of my housemates looks at her and quips, she's from Arkansas. They haven't figured out how to sit in chairs yet. Oh. You make it sound like you went to Hogwarts. You realize that, right? Well, we call our, our dorms houses. They were literal houses. That's what we call them. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just, I immediately thought of the Slytherin common room. I'm like, okay, that works. <laughs> not quite. Not quite. The Slytherin common room doesn't have chairs. It's okay. We do too. Thank you very much. (laughs) Sorry. They do. They're canon. They're all green. (laughs) That's true. And they're hard. The chairs in canon are are are, the chairs are in Slytherin are canon. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I'm upset with your housemates at the moment. Anyhow, my housemates, or at least one of them. What did I do? You I'm did confused. not. It was one of your housemates that posted a very mean video about Hufflepuffs on his Skype. And, what and the shit? Why? So I gave him a bad time. And he's like, no, no, I love Hufflepuffs. My whole family's in Hufflepuff. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. 
He's like, it was a joke. And I said, uh, I will not send you hugs anymore. Oh. Aw. So. <laughs> That's not very helpful, puppy. No. I gave him a hug after he told me about it. <laughs> I was just giving him a bad time. So. Yep. It's the house video. Have you not seen it? No. I'm in Gryffindor, for I am I've brave. Seen that. I'm in Ravenclaw. I am smart. I am in Slytherin. I'm ambitious. I'm a Hufflepuff. You need to put something in front of it. I pick my teeth. You know. And it's just like take after take of her going, I saw a bird once. I, and she looks like Luna. She's got the blonde and everything. She's kind of ditzy. I, so it's typically, you know, it's dumb blonde jokes. Only Hufflepuff. Dumb Hufflepuff jokes. Yeah. Yes. I scolded him. Just not on. It's just not okay. Should we pick it on the Hufflepuffs? Oh, hug. <laughs> so. Thank you for not making me hurt, Pouncer. <laughs> She's no longer, like, digging her claws into my lap. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's for good, the yes. most part. She's still a little pissed at me, but... <laughs> what can you do? Anyway, back to the story. Yes. Draco and Ceci have a conversation for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, he tells her to go to bed. Yes. And she tells him to go exploring. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. And she also admits to him that she deliberately kept him thinking that their world was a dream, so he'd accept it easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She knew right from the start that he was traveling physically. Yeah. Yep. And that makes him a little mad, but not enough to leave. Well, I don't think he's mad. I just think that it's it's the whole, like, Malfoy pride that he's still, like, falling back on. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another interesting exchange with his um, thoughts, basically, is you lied to me. You lied and make me act like a fool in front of real people, all of whom now still like me anyway. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> Dang! <clears throat> Didn't work. Uh-huh. So he forgives her and then goes off to explore, but not before they realize that people in animagus form can see him because animals can see a little better than humans can in some ways. Or possibly it's because they're magical animals. I'm not sure if an equivalent to Mrs. Norris would also be able to see him or only animaguses. I think this was... One of the things that was taken from DV, because they, they talked in uh, Dangerverse about how Animagus could see other Animagus as, like, the little halo things. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that, like, he, they can see all of him. It's just that they can tell it's him. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and then Aunt Andy shows up and, you know, wants to kind of know why she's in form and what's wrong. And, and Ted. she changes back and says, change for yourself so you can see what I see. And And she's a squirrel. Yeah, and she's married to Ted in this universe, which makes me happy. Again, yay! Yay! (laughs) So. Yes. I feel like there should be some reference to Bob there just because of the squirrels, but there really (laughs) is no connection. I don't know. (laughs) Shout out for Bob. Yay! It's kind of like that picture that uh, I, I linked you, Sue. Mm-hmm. Where the squirrels no. roll. Squirrels roll. Mm-hmm. Whirl. Mm-hmm. 
It's it, it was some it's some picture where like it's like squirrels rule the world and like it has a little picture of a squirrel like standing on its hindquarters with his hands in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, speaking of Ted and Andy, I would dearly love to learn more about their background. I'm sure we will. Yeah, I'm sure I hope so. In like five years. I know. <laughs> By the time this Man, comes out, we'll be a year closer. Yeah, really. There are more out, things to wait for. What is this? We'll have actually probably gone through the second story in Pottermore. It'll be great. Anyhow, Draco goes off to explore, mm-hmm. and he's and started pondering he's, about becoming an anime just now, as long as it's not a ferret. Yes. <laughs> Anything but a ferret, please no. And he sort of finds the people that he knows. Mm-hmm. He finds Ray and Nini in the hospital wing, and looks in Slytherin just because he's used to them and discovers that Harry Potter's little sister is in Slytherin, which greatly amuses him. And there's a couple of people in there he doesn't recognize, but Mm -hmm. that's all right. And And there's an extra bed, and he's wondering about that and then realizes, oh, it's for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And we move on. Yay, they included him. They did. Yep, yep. He continues and he goes through the Hufflepuff and I love that he finds it quite homey and he kind of likes it there. Mm-hmm. And he goes through Gryffindor and he... There's a little reminder in this chapter that Jonathan is a Beauvoir, which is useful because they're kind of hard to keep straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll work I, have it out the full, I have the full list. I'll be linking it to it. Yeah. All right. Okay, so you finally figured you out the one you were missing? Uh, she told me, finally. Oh, okay. So we will have a family tree for you in the show notes because, yeah, there are a lot of them and it gets a little confusing. Mm-hmm. There are like 20 like of this generation and then there are a bunch of others that are like purple. That just, I mean, right. it, it, mm-hmm. gets a, it gets crazy, especially when you get to like chapter 60 and you're trying to keep two universes that are going at the same time straight. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So he so he wanders in through Ravenclaw. It's a little bit too high for him, which uh, is an interesting thing to point out. I know a few Ravenclaws who would probably have some trouble with that, actually. Mm-hmm. But uh, me, <laughs> yes. And he wonders, he can't would find you... Luna. Where Luna is, yeah. yeah. And he wonders, well, is she a Gryffindor? No, no, that's not right. She's supposed to be in Ravenclaw. And so he kind of starts looking, and he hears music, and he starts mm-hmm. to follow it. So he's going down the stairs to find that, and we go through the song, mm-hmm. which is not a song that I particularly recognize, but it's interesting. Yes. And it just sort of, it for the next half a chapter, it goes back and forth between him getting closer and closer to this room and the song. And there's Luna. And we playing and the we piano and singing. We do mention that Abby is also a seer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we find that out here, coming up. Yeah. yeah. He has a conversation with Luna uh, because she can see him Yeah. because of what happened to her when she was little. Um, in this universe, at least, I, it's canon that she saw her mother die, but not how. But this mm-hmm. seems a fairly plausible um thing to me and it shows up in a few pics that I've seen that she was doing some sort of potion and it exploded Mm -hmm. and in this case it was a scrying potion 
And because some of the shards got Luna, the potion got into her blood and she became a different sort of seer than um, Trelawney, say, right. or various other kinds. And so she can see all sorts of different things that most people can't see, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. apparently universe spirit travelers. <laughs> Draco nodded again, mentally filing this under R for ridiculous. Yep. And the longer she talks, he thinks, well, maybe I should change it. No, no, R could stand for right as well. So, yes. He's and we discover that the third born Beauvoir, which is Abby, if you count the twins as one, is also a seer. Mm-hmm. And so she will be able to see him, which is kind of fun. Right. And uh, Luna has, having started him thinking on all these things, goes off to play Rainbow Connection, but he doesn't pay any attention. Yep. So we don't actually get the whole song for that, just enough so you know what it is. And Draco falls asleep, and we get to see Luna's point of view for a while. Mm-hmm. And Luna has a plan. Luna does. Because she knows he's lonely. And although he'll have friends here, he needs friends in his own world as well. And so... so she sends her mind off and sort of tracks through his aura or whatever, what have you, mm-hmm. and um, finds herself from that world and lets her know a few things. Yeah. And then says, the best way that you can let him know that you really are a friend is by singing with him. And this is the song you need to sing. And she teaches her the song. And then he wakes up and she teaches him the same song. Yep. And there's a boy part and a girl part. And so if they sing it together, then they'll mesh. Yes. And this one I found out at some point is from a musical of Jekyll and Hyde. I still have never actually listened to it or seen the whole musical, but kind of I'm currently getting it from the library. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe. Okay. Hopefully. And actually, this oh, the chapter Frank was Wild called War? Be Careful really? Who You Sing With, which kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never know when they might have plans. <laughs> Sorry, so Luna gets kind of tired mm-hmm. and eventually goes At off. 5 a.m. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After Excuse having me. learned Sorry. all sorts of songs. And Draco is apparently not tired in this form, so he's just kind of left wandering around. And then he makes it, he goes up some stairs and makes it outside onto a balcony and starts watching the sunrise for a bit, and somebody else is there doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Professor Riddle and his new granddaughter. Whose name is Aurora. Yep. They have three kids. That's kind of weird. It's weird picturing McGonagall with kids. It's weird picturing Tom Riddle with kids. And here you are having them together, having kids. (laughs) Grandkids. Oh, dear. So, yes. And it's her very first sunrise. Goddess of the dawn. Draco's like, wow, she is a very little baby, not really realizing that she was just born. And then uh, the baby starts to fuss and kind of grabs a hold of Professor Riddle's finger 
And he says, I don't think that's quite what you have in mind, but if it's going to keep you quiet a little longer until I can get you to your mom, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And Draco is trying to guess um, uh, Aurora's is. last name because it's mm-hmm. Tom Riddle's daughter's daughter. Right. Um, and if you consult the show notes, it's Aurora Black because Morgan Riddle married Regulus Black, Sirius's brother, because uh-huh. Voldemort never existed to kill him. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And that works. Yeah. Go from killing a guy to being his father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> not that short of a... Not I that suppose. far cry. Depends on which mm-hmm. father-in-laws you ask. Yeah. And now he's Father's kind of feeling in-laws. sorry for himself. Yeah, because yeah. there's really not much he can do wandering around as a spirit. Mm. And he uh, has an argument with himself, basically. He does this Fortunately, he wins, but um, there's really no way to avoid that, having an argument with yourself. Um, you can lose. It's not I that suppose. hard. Mooney, you're, you're, you're back. You're off in musical land again. Sorry, I'm having a phantom moment. <laughs> so you not have entirely. Mm-hmm. What? You were talking about wandering children. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not twigging. Oh well. Yep. So uh, we shift scenes to the hospital wing, mm-hmm. where Myrtle is the matron. Um, is, or no, it's not the so it's not the hospital wing. It's the nursery. The nursery. They have a nursery in the Hogwarts. Yeah. And Charlie is wandering up, saying, "Gee, uh, you wouldn't happen to have a dragon around, would you?" And they do a five-year-old one by the name of Charlie Beauvoir. Yes. And well, this that is my favorite me. character in this entire fix. <laughs> he is really no, cute. I know. But the morning Myrtle had me in stitches. <laughs> yes. Morning Myrtle! <laughs> yeah. That is very cute, yeah. I didn't even catch that the first time through, but especially given a British accent, the R kind of disappears, and um, yeah. <laughs> morning Myrtle. Morning Myrtle. <laughs> yep. Charlie yeah. wants to know how the dragon slept, and Dragons don't sleep. I flew nope. around my room and breathed fire all night. <laughs> oh, well, that's I hope you didn't burn anything. Yeah. yeah. Ah, it's fire. magic fire. doesn't have to burn stuff. Yeah. Where's Dora? Yeah. She's downstairs having breakfast. <laughs> so. Someone works as preschoolers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, breakfast! Yep. Yeah. Dragons are always hungry. I want porridge. I love this kid. I want porridge. <laughs> we had porridge yesterday at work. I think three out of the eighteen kids ate it. Mm. Oh dear. But this is a dragon porridge, so it's blood hot. porridge. Uh, yeah. I'm sure we can handle that, but it has to have it has to be blood porridge if you're a dragon. Little bits of hearts and livers and lungs, all nice blood sludge. All in a nice Lovely. blood sludge. <laughs> That's oh, great. good. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, five year olds. <laughs> they're so cute when they're on paper. That's it. Yes. That's totally it. The paper is what helps. <laughs> Calvin is ten. Calvin has got it into his head that he wants to try brains. He keeps, so. he keeps bringing it so up at, at dinner time. Wonder what brains taste like. And I keep you know what you do, Sue? 
especially since it's around Halloween, you can get a brain jello mold. I'm just going to go get brains. <laughs> I can okay. get I'm sure there are brains. some brains in Think Geek. Oh, that's right. Sulu's in farm country. Oh, I'm going to get brains and scramble them up for him with a little bit of eggs. It'll be great. <laughs> Whatever he doesn't there eat, he'll eat the dog. Lovely. Uh-huh. I guess he'll know what they taste like anyway. Okay. He'll be happy. Yes. Or puking. I'm not sure which. <laughs> no, the, 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 the duck dragon in, in the sick, I thought they were going to go a different way with the, with the word duck. <laughs> duck dragon? Dragons don't duck. Then dragons are going to have their heads hurt. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I can duck then. Yep. Yeah, better duck. <laughs> so Charlie brings Charlie and Nikki to danger, mm-hmm. their mom. And uh, Charlie Minor roars at her. Dragon. <laughs> don't encourage him. <laughs> and Dora says, yeah, might as well call him Dragon. At least then we don't get them confused. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's kind of hard to get them confused. Well, not when you're looking at them, but, you know, having to talk to people about them. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Charlie offers to adopt the other Charlie, and uh, both his wife and no. little Charlie's parents uh, <laughs> refuse categorically. Yeah, but little Charlie likes the idea quite a bit. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I love what uh, Dora says. For one thing, I'm not ready for children yet. For another, no offense, Remus, but when I do have some. I want them to look like my husband, not like you. <laughs> this is an awesome yep. call to canon. <laughs> Salute to Anne for that. Yep. So, we have Draco experimenting with magic in this form, trying to see whether or not he can actually do it. And, and he can, but it's pretty tough. He's yeah. so far managed to levitate a sickle, and that's about it. <laughs> and he's thinking to himself that he hopes that it doesn't last too long because he's getting hungry. And he ends up in the Hogwarts dining room, even though he can't actually eat anything, and finds Abby! Yay! Abby! It makes me wonder if it would work for him like it works for the ghosts, like if he could just walk through the table or something. But mm-hmm. I guess if he can sit on chairs, he probably can't walk through tables. I don't know. If he can walk through walls, why can't he walk through tables? It may just depend on what you want to do, I suppose. Yeah, because I think he has to feel concentrate. like falling onto the floor. So, yeah. Walk into there. Because but Abby can see out. him, and she wants to know why is he bruised up, and which he has completely forgotten about. And so he explains that he's not going to be able to come normally until school starts because of the dream of sleep. And she explains to him what exactly Ray and Nini's coming of age is about. And they get mm-hmm. tied into the wards for the manor and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. I love this description of the manor core. It sounds so sentient. Well, I think it is. No, but I mean, like, there's a special room down in the cellar where the manor core lives. It's just, you know, that sort of... I've got this image of, like, it having, like, a kitchen and, like, a bedroom. <laughs> It's the strange uncle in the basement. It's like Uncle Fester. (laughs) I I do love, because, I mean, for as long as Harry Potter has been around, pretty much, 
authors have been toying with the concept that houses are are to some to varying degrees sentient. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we know Hogwarts can decide to change its stairs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the really cool thing, you know, that Anne does is like she doesn't take it too far, but like that it's almost alive without a body. It has a soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we get to see that from a couple of different directions. One of the other interesting things in here is he realizes there there are serious things in this world too. And the Dementors are breaking through wards all over the place. And he's not quite sure that even this is it's not so much of a garden spot as he thought. He's not sure if he really wants to stay forever in this world either because of all the stuff that's going on. He's learning that the grass is not greener on the other damn side of the road. Mm-hmm. And one little thing that I just noticed reading through this time, which I like, it's another callback to, um, well, well, keeping characters in character. He has no idea who Tonks is. She's a young witch with lime green hair who bores, bears a resemblance to Aunt Andy. Mm-hmm. Draco Malfoy has never met Nymphadora Tonks. Right. Right. So, in fact, but he never met Andy. Her, doesn't he? The points of view separate like that is an interesting thing. Yeah. And does a very good job of keeping Draco Malfoy, Draco Malfoy, from mm-hmm. where we know him, and changing him. I mean, this thing's a, a hundred and eleven chapters long. She changes him tiny bit by tiny bit until by the end he's a completely different character. Right. And a particular a particularly large source of that change shows up in the next chapter. Because mm-hmm. everybody's going outside and there's an announcement. <laughs> there is. And for some reason they've parked the ship that they all flew there on on the green at the front. And they're not quite sure why this is there, but uh, well, Drake is they fine. make yeah. Abby makes him shut up so she can listen. Because <laughs> I get the yeah. impression that they do this kind of thing a lot, and so I imagine it. It almost feels staged in that as they go through it, everybody's kind of got their parts already figured out as they go. So it's obviously mm-hmm. not something that they've never done before. Yeah, this is a production they've put on before, so most mm-hmm. of them have spots that they take. They right. probably rotate a little bit, but mm-hmm. try out different things and stuff like that. But Harry says, "You know, we're stuck here, and we're going to get sick of each other before very long, unless we have something to do, like extra homework." Wrong family. You want the Beauvoirs for that. This is one of the strange people from Slytherin that Draco doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Harry says, no, I think we should do something fun. Something with style and class and pirates. <laughs> pirates? Yes. Yes, pirates. Pirates. We have Singing a ship. Pirates. Pirates and do sing. <laughs> I didn't mention this last time, but every even at the very start of when I first read this fic immediately like I read this the you know something that has pirates in it I'm just like and all that's playing in my mind is I'm not nothing except it's from Pinafore 
It's from Penzance. I hate to stick my head in the lion's mouth, but I gotta ask you. Were you the recording secretary of the Princeton Gilbert and Sullivan Society for two years? No, but then again, I'm not a woman. So, I'm just saying. Little drinks I'm supposed to be having right now. But yes, it's, they I are mean... putting on the Pirates of Penzance. Yes. And Harry is going to be the Pirate King. Of course. <laughs> and Ray is going to be the Reluctant Pirate. Mm. Hermione is his nursemaid. Yes. And Neville is the Major General. Which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got all the songs in Moody's head. <laughs> to be fair, um, Major Ge- the Major General song is likely the most catchy song in the history of musicals. Mm-hmm. And eminently filkable. Yes. yes. Which is why it's been done six or seven times, I'm sure. And 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 it's been parodied like fifteen hundred times in TV and movies and various other things because everyone knows the song. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was the only song that I knew from this musical. Is that one right? Because it's come up in other things. I think, for example, um, one in which Severus Snape is the model of an anti-hero archetype. <laughs> <laughs> And so forth. Yeah. There's antimony, arsenic, aluminum, selenium, and hydrogen, and oxygen, and nitrogen, and uranium, and nickel, neodymium, neptunium, germanium, and iron, and marisium, ruthenium, uranium, opium, zirconium, ruthenium, vanadium, and anthium, and osmium, and acetine, and radium, and golden protactinium, and dinium, and gallium, and iodine, and thorium, and thulium, and thallium. Yep. So, and then we so have. They've got their cast, and um, I don't know for sure which of these lines are things that are actually from the play and which is stuff that Anne made up. But um, uh, Ron is a police sergeant and calls for his men to fall in. Yes. And several of them yell, fall in what? Stop trying to be smart. That's my job. <laughs> yeah. And we find that the pirates stand ready. And... and Draco notices the ship is looking a little weird. And then he sees the Weasley twins hiding behind it, making a whole bunch of changes as they go. Yeah. <laughs> And they decide to bargain with the Slytherins to find themselves some musicians. It's the two that Draco hasn't seen before who are negotiating for them. He says, well, if you ask very nicely and give us a quarter of the gate, and Neville says, it's free. Eh, it's the principle of the thing. Yeah. And, so, and they transport figure a quarter of a gate. <laughs> yes, a piece of wood, wood with a hinge on it. Just, yeah, I yeah. love it. And they call them by their first names, and all of a sudden Draco's like, Greg? Goyle? <laughs> what? what? Wait a minute. They've changed. They're, They're being stupid. Oh, boy. And they're apparently musicians, too. And Creature appears with music. Creature? You know him, too? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And they're and... like, Black has sent him out with all the um, Octavos and everything, mm-hmm. songbook, and says he's going for the instruments if they'll let him know where they are. Because apparently, yes, they really are that predictable. Yeah. <laughs> yep. She knew they were going to do it. And Abby and Draco have a bit more conversation while the rest of them are setting some of this stuff up. Mm-hmm. And he finds out that if when he's there, he'll have Professor Snape. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'll have him for potions, but everybody doesn't. He only takes the uh, upper years, mm-hmm. advanced classes, which makes a lot more sense for Snape's character, I have to say. Right. A lot Carl of people do a lot it. Less sure if more people were there who actually wanted to be there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people either have Lily survive and have her do the younger years or like some other thing where like yeah, I mean they it it feels like every chance a fan fiction author can legitimately make sure that Snape goes nowhere near the first years they they take it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. More power to them. <laughs> <laughs> and so they and he eventually starts falling asleep mm-hmm. to the music and it's 11 o'clock there and one o'clock in the morning back in his home world as we learn as Narcissa is leaving his room because she's been sitting there watching him but she doesn't want to be caught mm-hmm. yep. and she thinks it's very odd that he's waking up so early and he must have taken his potion really early we know that he did because he just wanted to get it over with yeah. get where he was. But she's at least made a few adjustments. There's now a door into the loo so he doesn't have to use a chamber prod. Yay! And stuff She's like that. charmed his bookcase so that he can get any li- any book he wants that's in the Malfoy library. Mm-hmm. Which what I, I wouldn't would love. use for books. Ugh. Man, just imagine what's in there. I know. Oh, goodness. And then we move on to to the next chapter. Be careful how long you take. Yep. And Draco wakes up and is oh so glad to be back. Mm. Over there. (laughs) Yes, there was much rejoicing. And he reads the parchment that tells about the changes. And then Mm -hmm. I believe, does he eat? No, the first thing he does is get the catalog from the library, which is a smart move. Apparently, no priorities in order: (laughs) books, food, then sleep. Yep, and he's found slightly astonished, but happy to discover that one of his ancestors apparently watched and enjoyed a production of Pirates of Penzance. This amuses me greatly. So it will play it for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Must have been before the. Wizard Muggle Divide, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, wasn't um, that back in sixteen something? Well, Anne takes a lot of let's say liberties with this, and we'll say that um, anything that she needs to use that's Muggle related, they stole from wizards, okay. or wizards pretend that they did because they like it. Yes, I nearly and, said uh, they nearly they, they they. I nearly said Muggles steal from us. <laughs> that works. Uh, well, but yes, it has been around for a while. It's um, let me just check here. Um, it was 1879. Okay. So, yeah, technically not after the uh, statute of secrecy and all would have been enacted, but either that generation of Malfoys was a little looser about that and decided to go to one anyway, or the wizards put on their own productions. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe um, Arthur Sullivan was a wizard or something, and they put on they put them on in both worlds. Right. I read a fix where Dis- Walt Disney was a squid. Okay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise me in the least little bit. No. And in this fic, in fact, um, John Cleese is a distant descendant of himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of nearly headless Nick, I should say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is kind of fun. 
Yes. And we go and we we end up switching universes again and Tom is kind of pacing because they're trying to figure out where his time traveling is coming in. Because it used to be... Um, He'd spend a day in one world and fall asleep and then spend the same day in the other world and right. fall asleep and keep going back and forth. Right. They've worked out it's probably about a 1 to 60 ratio so that he's spending a few mo- a few minutes asleep in each world before he wakes up again. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it's going now. No, it now seems it's... to be pretty much straight across. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we they figure out that this could be quite maddening. And he's going to, you know, probably come to think of one world or the other as not real. And that's part of the problem. So... And it would just wear him out the same mm-hmm. way that uh, happened to Hermione in book three. Right. Mm-hmm. Although I still maintain that if she had actually brought herself to do a few extra spins and get some sleep in between some of these, it would have been fine. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> but then she'd be even older. Yeah. Mm, true. So. He, uh... And they talk about how he's still unsure, really, that both worlds are real. And... Tom says he's probably been more convincing than anything else because in Draco's world, he was a hugely fearsome dark wizard. Mm-hmm. And he's got a lot less at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Morgan can't believe it. Yeah. You? Well, would, would you? No. <laughs> if your definitely... dad like was just like, yeah, I was a dark wizard in, in his world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, because she bursts out laughing, she startles her daughter and gets bitten. Yeah. But, uh, Don't bite mommy. Oh dear. But okay. it's a she little bit of reassurance for Tom. No, oh, but their but... thumbs are hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Bony. It would hurt. There are babies that draw blood. Yeah, how very awful, though. And meanwhile, Draco has made his way through the entire. Pirates of Benzance mm-hmm. and his and its sister program, the HMS Pinafore, right. which really has nothing to do with each other, but are by the same people and get referenced. Um, they they're both about patriotism, so they often get mixed up by people. Except it's from Pinafore. It's from Penzance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They involve ships, but yeah, that's <laughs> I need to see that one. So even though it's infernal nonsense. His plate arrives with food, and he eats it, and he's thinking about how he'd like to be in one of these. Yep. He figures he probably won't get in this one, but he's got a part picked out if he ever does get in Mm -hmm. a version. And he figures, well, I have to keep my strength up somehow, so... Why not do that by practicing my steps and my fencing? Yep. That works. That'll keep him entertained, occupied, wear him out, and all of that. So it's a great and idea. House guests. The other Death Eaters may question what he was, what he's doing up in his little prison, but they can kiss his piratical ass. Right. No, if only I did say that to their faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he could do it if he was in the other world and like took dreamless sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I suppose. 
I yeah. suppose. And then we could go around giving them chills all the time. We have Lucius coming up the stairs, and he's like, five oh, days. Five days, and the boy refuses to crack. What is going on? <laughs> and then You're even happy. Yeah, yeah. What? something's wrong. And then he hears singing. Singing! How could somebody be singing? And, you know, he this is like, sneaks this up is to like, the door. I'm having an Annie moment. When, when, <laughs> what oh. is, uh, um. Miss Hannigan. I haven't seen. Miss Hannigan. Hannigan. Yeah, Hannigan, there we go. The, the, when, when she walks in on Annie singing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, I hear happiness in you. And he, of course, manages to eavesdrop on the precise section of song that is most annoying to him. <laughs> and overbearing fathers, yes, and also you know who. <laughs> I'm having very Potter sequel flashes, and, and I'm seeing Lucius dance pointed to me across the floor. <laughs> How dare you sing, boy? We Malfoys dance. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this Lucius is not a fan of dancing either. (laughs) It's uncouth. Shoves open the door. I love the sort of old crap look he gives him with lockdown. Yeah. I see you're occupying yourself productively. And he he sees that Draco's face is flushed and he's breathing rapidly and shallowly, and that's because he's been working out and Lucius thinks it's because he's afraid. Yep. Oops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have words. And he says, Since you're not displaying the proper attitude, I think I'll take your wand. And Draco says, Uh no. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> this is where the parts of, like, I, I really think if Draco had been raised properly, he would have been a Gryffindor. But this is where, like, his father's influence as a Slytherin and his Gryffindor true nature, like, really battle. Mm-hmm. They really work well together, which is kind of surprising just because everyone from fandom to canon to Pottermore, it, it's Gryffindor and Slytherin are on opposite ends of the spectrum. But there are traits in that, you know, show up in, in people that are in totally different houses that work mm-hmm. really well together. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Gryffindor and Slytherin are the dramatic ones. Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff <laughs> are a little more restrained. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there can be dramatic Ravenclaws and Hufflepuffs witness us, but... Um, no, I'm not, I'm not dramatic at all, Scott. No. What are you talking about? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know. So, Draco's thinking, I don't believe this. What is he thinking? And I love it when he says no, because Lucius, like, jerks back. He's just not... Somebody's hit him with a board. Mm-hmm. Except and Draco I, doesn't use that I, simile. I kind of wonder if anyone has ever said no to Lucius before. Mm-hmm. Because Except you imagine... Probably not. Dark Lord. Well, I mean, you imagine that that well, Lucius well, the Dark until, Lord doesn't count. Lucius until this summer has been in the Dark Lord's favor, and then he was in Azkaban, and then suddenly he's fallen out of the Dark Lord's favor. But he can still squash everyone who is inferior to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I I kind of imagine that Lucius had the upbringing that Draco did. That you know, his father bullied him, and and he was taught to bully his own son, and. You know, hearing no for the first time 
you know, I, I I would imagine he just reverts to a three year old for like the the smallest second. Mm-hmm. Just like what? Like okay. no one says no to me. How dare you? Mm-hmm. And Draco says, "You're not doing this for punishment. You want to go hunting Potter, and you need a wand." So Draco has some <laughs> demands. Yes, he starts negotiating. He says, I've got something you want here. Very, very good, Draco. I'm so proud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never do that so, okay. again. I want to be out of this room. You you can keep me in the grounds, even the house if you have to, but it's a boring room. Great. And I want to take dreamless sleep when I want to, not have it forced on me. And... If possible, I'd like to go back to Hogwarts to finish my education and become a better wizard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, actually, he says, I don't want dreamless sleep anymore. I just want to be able to yes. sleep. And Lucius, but he says, let me decide for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Lucius is like, I love this. Always oh, a chip off the old block. <laughs> he's learned to negotiate. Yeah. I'll let you borrow my wand since you want it so much. God, I love you. <laughs> and yeah. so he uh Lucius is like, okay, this is perfect. He's he's learning, but I can't mm-hmm. give in too much. So I'll give him two, but I'm gonna make him continue the dreamless sleep. Yeah. Two so out of three ain't bad. Potion, mm-hmm. But you can choose when to take it. Which he's been doing anyhow, but Lucius right. doesn't know that. Yeah. And Draco ha- adds the little caveat that it's still my wand. I'm not actually giving it up, but mm-hmm. you can use it when I don't need it. And I get it back when I go to Hogwarts. Yep. Yep. And they agree, and they don't shake, but they do do a little formal bow. Very Japanese. Mm. <laughs> Very, it was so strange. I was like, mm, we do this in karate class. Why are they doing this in an English wizard's house? <laughs> I don't know. It's not the same Maybe. bow, though. I imagine it's the one where you have like one arm in front and one behind. And, True. Mm-hmm. And they look exactly the same. They'll have the same expression on their faces while they're doing this. And <laughs> yeah, I can just see it. Yeah. But it worked. And Draco can get out of the room. Oh, he's so excited. He's going to go for a walk and breathe fresh air and maybe fly. And uh, maybe I'll take a nap first. Because he's managed to turn around his sleeping habits, and it happens to be the right day. Okay. And I you think... like those cheering children, don't you? <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> I think that is where we're going to end off our podcast. Draco's headed off to the manor. The other. Huzzah! Yay! The good manor, not the creepy manor. Full of death eaters. We don't want the Death Eaters nor the Dementors there. So this is fun. I I like seeing a different part of Draco. And yes, she's keeping him very canon. But at the same time, he mm-hmm. he's learning. And Even I, in 20 or so chapters, he's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. But, but it's he, been slow enough he, that it works. He He's had a great shock, but it, it it's, you know, there are definitely moments where he reverts to his old self or, or mm-hmm. has a slip of moments. And I appreciate those just because in real life, even big events, people don't suddenly change. Mm-hmm. 
They mm-hmm. first have to want it, and second have to work for it. Yeah. He's, um, I think that had he had a different, you know, it's the nature versus nurture thing. Had he had different mm-hmm. people bringing him up, he would have been a very different person. Oh, yeah. And that's what we're seeing mm-hmm. here. And that's true in canon, too. Had he had somebody else raising him, he would have been a very different person. It's the mm-hmm. whole I am entitled mentality that he brings into Hogwarts. I'm going to disagree with you here, Sue. Okay. I think Dangerverse is really where Anne covers what if Draco Malfoy was raised by somebody else. I think this is very much the mm-hmm. answer of who in Deathly Hallows was worth saving. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... Draco was the one person that pops in everybody's mind because he hesitated. He didn't want to kill Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. He's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's just that he's had really bad influences on his life. And speaking mm-hmm. as a criminal justice major, this this is the type of person that you want to rehabilitate because mm-hmm. they want to change. They just don't know that they want to change. And once they're given the opportunity to, to change it. or how to do it, they have no, they, all they know is how to be bad mm-hmm. yeah. and they've never been taught how to be good. And once you give them an opportunity to learn how to be good, they will make massive improvements. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, if his wand, what is any indication? Mm-hmm. If you're going by Pottermore yeah. things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a very contradictory person. There you go. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can definitely see, like, there's a reason there are so many fics that try to redeem Draco. You can see why people want to do it. It's just that a lot of Mm -hmm. them don't manage it properly. Because if it happens too suddenly, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Unless unless you're suspending your disbelief because you really want to have a nice Draco for the story. And there Mm -hmm. are some where you can do that, too. But... um, And then... And, you know... On the on the other side of that, there are ones that you you wait too long to redeem Draco, um, like a year like none other. It, you know, I waited far too long for Draco to be you know redeemed, and by about halfway through the story, I was like, I give up on this dude. Like, I don't care anymore. I'm just gonna I'm I'm putting him to bed. He's you know just gonna be an ass to me the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's. It, it's really hard to thread the needle on redeeming Draco Malfoy. Yeah. Right. Before this fic, I wouldn't have said you can really do it from that late in canon. I would say you have to start earlier. But I guess we did see some of his conflictedness in Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows, and at least they managed to put things behind them by the mm-hmm. epilogue. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. still possible, but it's it's much harder to do it properly from the later on you get in the canon. Right. This is partly why mm-hmm. in Dangerverse she takes Draco away when she's when he's four. This is the only way to make him become someone completely different. And now for something completely different. Mm-hmm. I have seen other things that do it fairly well it's just that there's a preponderance of fix where they're coming off of fifth year in which draco has been an ass to them the whole time and then all of a sudden he notices that hermione is a pretty girl and turns into a nice guy (laughs) and it just it doesn't 
doesn't quite work. Right. In yeah. fact, I'm yeah. reading a fic right now where that happens, except he's faking it. Um, he manages to subvert Hermione, basically, because he's nice to her, but he's just doing it as a game. Uh-huh. Mm. That that uh, I would buy. Like, really? like Draco mm, Malfoy yeah. being a total ass and just messing with someone to, to mess with them, I can totally buy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing I think would be interesting, uh, I can't remember if it's a fic that I've read somewhere or if I'm just coming up with it, but what would happen if Lucius didn't make it out of Azkaban? So he was still raised by Narcissa, but on her own. Mm-hmm. Without Lucius's influence, well, he would still become like a fairly well, different person, but oh, yeah. well, some of the same things would still be there as well. Lucius so, never made it to Azkaban the first time through. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, but, if... If he hadn't, if the Imperius defense hadn't worked, if he'd been sent oh, to Azkaban okay. in the first war, I like and, that idea. Yeah, I, I think hmm. that'd be I an read interesting way to. Once. Mm-hmm. Let me think about this. Oh, I think it was where Andy and Ted have died, and they the Malfoys take in Tonks as sort of this, you know, nursemaid to Draco. You know, sort of the grudging, your family is so allowed to take you in, but we don't really like you. So she sort of raises Draco Mm -hmm. and turns him into a Hufflepuff (laughs) or something. (laughs) Go, Dora! Yay! I need to go find this because it was really fun. Well, well, that sounds like a fun story that also sounds like one of Anne's picks. (laughs) It wasn't Anne, it was somebody else. Because I remember telling Anne this this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right shall we say night before we like start to go off on our nightly yes, yes. Our we've become draco cast <laughs> yes but soon. anyway there's all sorts of fun things to do with draco we like this one particularly <laughs> done, uh, really well um okay scott i think we need to have that for a clip <laughs> Oh, hush up. You two are drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm not I'm drunk. Shut up. We're still sliding into the gutter, so, you know. Scott, I live in the gutter while I'm sober. She Honey, you know there. I work like this anyway. So, we will see what's going to happen with Draco next time. We like this fic. We enjoy this author. There are all sorts of fun things that are going to come up later, and we hope to come <laughs> back and listen to our next podcast as well. Yes. Oh, God. Good night, everybody. Bye. Good night. Buenas noches. <laughs>